The kids on Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? Halloween's a Freddy Krueger podcast. Was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. From the Consequence Podcast Network, the minds behind the Losers Club comes a new podcast in fantasy terror. Nancy? Something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Halloweenies, a Freddy Krueger podcast. Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome yet again to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast. Look, it's been a while since we've done a big news episode. It's yeah. been about two months, I think, because we spent this summer. I think we're about it four down. past midnight. Since, we, uh, about we've four seen past it. one, two, three, four we past have to midnight. Wait for the news, we had and we had to wait for the news to come, and, yeah. and oh my lord, did the news come in? And so, obviously, we're going to be doing our our, our, our classic categories. <laughs> The ones, the ones you've been dying for. We're, we're talking about needful tweets. I'm talking about Hollywood King, where we put the roof down on our various vehicles, pop on those sunglasses, and drink and drive our way to Hollywood. Drink and drive? Sure, we're living Jeez. dangerously. It's the year of it. But before we do all that, you know what we should do? Let's go around here and introduce ourselves. For instance, my name. <laughs> for instance. For, as an example of introduction. Yeah. My name is Juniper Hill Justin Gerber, uh, contributor. I like how you put the nickname before your name. It's I needed to pop out there. Okay. It's, it's like Jumpin' Jack Flash. Yeah. His name's Jack Flash, you know? Love it. Anyway, uh, you I can also... His name's Jumpin'. Uh, it's, he's got, you think his, his middle name is Jack? Jumpin' J yeah. Flash on his birth certificate? He came out like... Long story short, folks, you can also find me over at the Halloweenies podcast in which we cover a major Halloween franchise every year, and this year... I just got out of a recording yesterday of Freddy's Dead. We are covering the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise this year. It's been fun. You could pay your condolences to him this month. We did. He's dead, and he's ne- there's no more movies after Freddy's Dead. So <laughs> that was a wrap on that. But it was a lot of fun. And who is this to my right? This is Dan. It happens, which is what Forrest Gump censored on TBS, the bumper sticker. Oh. Mm. Flieger. Oh, I like that one. And it's also a coincidence. <laughs> Because we're going to be talking about the film It. Oh, I didn't even realize yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, wanna, that I want to make that fun. clear. I want to make that abundantly clear. Thanks, Justin. Oh. And yeah, Dan Flieger has been, he's, he's, a new, he's a new loser at the end of the day, but he has been on quite a lot mm-hmm. over the past couple of years, most notably all the Dark Tower related books so far, pretty much, right? Except for the Dark Tower Gunslinger, but you were here for Eyes of the Dragon. Here for the film, Eyes film. of the Dragon. And you were for the film, Drawing of the Three. Leers. Uh, yeah, drawing of the three, and you'll be, and you'll be joining I'll me be coming back very soon. Not to give any spoilers away. But. Spo- well, spoiler alert: the Wastelands is next, <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be we haven't we haven't recorded yet. We'll probably be recording that late next month, and I'm looking yeah. forward to. It. I do love the book a lot, so we're going to be bullshitting a few episodes before that because uh, you know we just did finished a, a big book with Four Past Midnight, which I'm sorry that it literally took almost two months for us to finish that, but. 
we had a fun time. Hey, this is the definitive Stephen King podcast out there, folks. We're going to give you 15 hours worth of four past midnight content. Yeah. Meticulous, thorough coverage. That horse is dead and we're still kicking it. Who was it that just said meticulous, thorough coverage? Oh, this would be Mel Molly Watch Castle. Ah! Oh, high alert. Um, I, it was almost Mel, please don't actually drink and drive. We don't endorse anything like that on this podcast, Castle, but it was too long. If you're um, driving out to Hollywood, California. Justin, do not and, Wait, hold on. No. I, no, God. Sorry, I apologize. Continue. It's okay. Oh, did we just Are lose? Gonna, oh, there no, you are. I thought we gonna, lost you for a second. I thought, I thought you, you got so upset. Your... Let her finish her intro. <laughs> I thought he was going to defend. <laughs> no, do not drink and drive, people. Please don't drink and drive. Plus, you're in Louisiana where they allow you to have, uh, you know, you get some drinks they have from drive-thru. the drive through. Yeah. yeah. Sounds like a good idea. Mel, where are you? Mel, where are you right now? I'm in Iowa City. Iowa City, Iowa. Oh, right. Home of the Hawkeyes. St. Louis. Yes. No, I am, I am working on my MFA. I finished my first year. Second mm. year starts in August. And I'm just calling in to my besties in Chicago. And then you're back. You're going to be back in Chicago. And we'll all be able to hang out and drink again. And, and not uh, drive, though. And then drive. Because, <laughs> no, we don't drive because of the great... Chicago public transportation system. I'm talking about trains, buses, your taxis, your Ubers, your lifts. What if they made it so that when you were doing public transportation um, or not doing public transportation, mm. but using public transportation, you can't be drunk? That'd be a problem. That'd be it? a huge problem. Yeah. Especially It'd be a problem f- just to like breathalyze everyone. I don't think everything would slow down. Yeah. Well, they have German shepherds sometimes uh, like we're in, um, you know, the airports like Poland. Um, <laughs> if the dog barks, you must disembark. <laughs> disembark. Oh, I like that. Paying off at school. First year. We are already you, by the way, surviving the first year. <laughs> this is all program. my intro. This is very pertinent to who it's I am. But well, we're ankle deep in puns, which I'm very, which I'm always excited about. Speaking of puns, who's that on the mic? What mic is that on the mic over there? Oh, that would be me, <laughs> James Ransone Rothman, comma, Michael. Oh. Editor-in-chief of Consequences Sound and uh, also a constant contributor of uh, Halloweenies. I stayed away from uh, uh, Freddy Six because let's just say that's uh, the only one I uh, don't really like, but I don't hate. So It was you know. fascinating to go over because it was, it was the one I'd seen the least. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting in that aspect. I have a crush on the lead. Robert England? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Robert England, Sean Greenwood, Sean Greenwood. Yeah, no, yeah. Lisa Zane. Of course, we talked about Lisa Zane. Zane. Love her so much. She was terrific in the film. Yeah, Mike, you mentioned Rothman, comma Michael, mm-hmm. and that's how we would find your name in a library card index. So, of course, we will be talking about the the happenings at the library uh, in the It Chapter Two trailer mm-hmm. later on in this episode and we have a very special guest very special indeed if very you are special. very special wonderful man if you had been listening to our podcast over the last couple of years i think we estimated 78 percent of our content is from his exclusives for entertainment <laughs> yeah. weekly we had on anthony bresnikan it was a great conversation so stick with our bs for the next couple hours <laughs> we <laughs> promise hours. you we've got some real real awesome intel yeah he was able to get from the set of it chapter two and we got an exclusive interview with andy bean he's going to talk to us about uh his uh great cameo as sam stan Uris in this movie no he didn't I just for a second i thought this is, is this breaking news <laughs> no, on the recorded no, no, podcast no, no. that you got andy bean what, what if i did get andy bean just for this episode and he just, just like, destroys the movie it's like oh my god is you he is it andy bean Hello there. Hey guys, oh. it's me, Andy Bean. Andy, oh my God. 
unbelievable. Andy, right, I gotta go. Andy, it's, it's actually a, just his severed head. Oh, <laughs> a spoiler alert. And Andy, by the way, we're, we're, it's, it, we're on a hot mic right now. You gotta go. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Uh, bye. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. But you know what else is fun? Reading Stephen King on Twitter. Does everybody agree with me on that? I wish we just had a section for this, though. I don't know. Let's let's think of something off the top of our heads. Hmm. Twitter. Think about his books. Need Uh, for speed. And needful tweets. He's not a human being. No! Don't you see what he's done? We kill them all. Let God sort them out. Well, hmm. I will say this might be the longest gap we've gone uh, not doing needful tweets. It has been so long since we've done it. The last tweet that we covered was uh, in late May. Hmm. It is now currently July 22nd. So, But you, can, you know we're going to do our best to keep it tight. We are going to keep it tight. <laughs> we're going to keep it tight. So our first section of... This edition of Needful Tweets is the Stamp of King. And in the Stamp of King, we are covering all the tweets that basically feature Stephen King's uh, stamps. The the ones that he likes. The things that he likes. It could be books. It could be TV shows. Mm-hmm. It could be movies. It could be anything. The first one goes all the way back to May 30th, in which King wrote, It's impossible to watch HBO's Chernobyl without thinking of Donald Trump. Like those in charge of the doomed Russian reactor, he's a man of mediocre intelligence in charge of great power, economic, global, that he does not understand. We're not going to comment on Trump because we have a Trump ban on the on the, the Twitter here. We which do, is, but we will talk about easier. we will talk about Chernobyl. Yeah, I love can. Chernobyl. One of my top three favorite TV shows of the year. I would agree. It's it's way way up there. I think. Have we all seen Chernobyl at this point, Mel? Have you seen it? Right. I haven't seen the last episode, but Oof. I'm pretty sure that they don't like reverse anything. <laughs> So everybody lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's all a dream sequence. Luckily. Oh, what if, it, what if they did just add that oh, and geez. they destroy the entire, it was like Russian series. propaganda took over HBO and they yeah. just like <laughs> and everything new actors here. and everyone's speaking Russian. Actually, I guess that's my only complaint with the show. And it's not that big of a deal is that they aren't speaking. There's more Russian dialogue in stranger things three than there is in Chernobyl. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think were we talking about this the other day, and you're saying yeah. that, like they did try it, and it was it was too. They tried jokey. to even do it with Russian accents, and uh, they they felt that the actors were were trying too hard to make the accent work as opposed to making the scene work. Mm. And I think mm-hmm. it's it's also hard to sell. I mean that that miniseries looked like it cost a lot of money. Oh yeah, and I think it's hard to sell something that costs that much money to uh, American audiences if it's all going to be subtitled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's a good decision, and I do enjoy the tweets making fun of the fact that so many of the actors have British accents. Yes. Yeah. I, I, anytime we can make fun of the, the British, I mean... Well, you say Russian, too, is very hard. It's our duty as patriots. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's a very difficult language. They actually say the more you learn, the harder it gets. Oh, I was living with uh, my girlfriend at the time um, in college. She was learning uh, Russian, and she was losing her mind left and right, and she majored in Russian So mm. uh, because it was a huge deal because she was going to go into criminal investigations. So, no, she's in criminal uh, investigations. now for the recent We are election. doing yeah. so good at keeping it tight. We have been on a chance. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, hey, Mel, why don't you take the, the next one? Tweet. Okay, I will. Um, June 2nd, 
Nosferatu, scary, yes. Involving, yes. But it's also doing something network TV can't or won't do, showing working class people doing their jobs and trying their damnedest, sometimes failing, to be decent. The best horror stories are firmly wedded to real life. You know, very daring endorsement Mm. of the adaptation of his sons. (laughs) As as I've said several times, I read the book, wasn't a fan, so I decided to pass on this on this TV series. So well, I really you don't chose to wisely to quote my uh, favorite night in uh, the Indiana Jones franchise. Um, it was not a very good uh, adaptation as uh, Randall and I discussed on uh, a previous episode and it got renewed though for season two. So, Hey, God bless uh, Joe Hill. And uh, what, God what bless is he America. talking about? Working class people doing their jobs and trying their damn, like, yeah, I guess I could see it. I mean, like in the first few episodes, you see um, uh, someone who's a librarian. <laughs> wow. Mike Hanlon in the flesh. No, but they actually, they do a pretty good job of showing like there's like a um, kind of like a, a local eatery and a lot of the characters are working there. I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like a kind of a stretch to put that there, but whatever. He wanted to endorse his son's show. I give it him all credit to do that. Uh, of course. Of course. Come on. Dan, you the next one? You want to read the next one, Dan? I'll try to channel Mr. King. No. You should read Elevator Pitch. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Are you doing Jimmy Stewart? (laughs) No, no, no. Elevator Pitch. Um, That's pretty good, actually. You should should read Elevator Pitch by Linwood Barclay as soon as possible. It's one hell of a suspense novel. Mm. Mel, any familiarity with Linwood Barclay? Nope. Well, the only Barclay I'm familiar with is Andy from the Child's Play franchise. Or the Barclay Center. (laughs) The Barclay Center. Is it still called the Barclay Center? Now that KD's there, it's the Durant Center. Justin, why don't you read the next tweet, Justin? Mel, as Mel told me earlier, now that KD's there, it's called the the infirmary because he's, he's still injured for another year. Yeah, um, speaking, of, speaking of infirmaries, Mel, did you know that there's a lot of infirmaries in the Mr. Mercedes trilogy? June 4th, <laughs> Stephen King says, this is the best season of Mr. Mercedes based on Finders Keepers. Check this out. And um, the good news is, is that finally we have access to the first two them. seasons of Mr. Mercedes. Mm-hmm. And I think we've got the first couple episodes of season three. I'm looking forward to this because I, I did like Mr. Mercedes, the series from what I saw. And as listeners know, did not like the book. Dan, did you ever read Mr. Mercedes? I read the second book, Wait, which what? is the finders keepers. We, right? are, we were in Vegas. We were in Vegas and I couldn't sleep. And someone, I think Dan Caffrey fellow loser was reading it. So I just sort of grabbed it and was just putting words in front of my face. Um, I will say, though, this tweet by Stephen King is the most similar to a Trump tweet I've ever seen. (laughs) This is the best season for Mr. Mercedes (laughs) based on find his keepers. Check this out. Like, very cool. Yeah. Well, like Trump, uh, like Trump, he shares some uh, he he throws some shade a little bit later. Um, June 13th. Do you want to take this one, Justin? No, I think it's your turn. Oh, it's my turn. Okay. The net the Netflix season of Designated Survivor is tough-minded, complex, and involving. Freed of network constraints, the cast and crew are clearly exhilarated. This is excellent entertainment. Oh, hold will... on now. Look at the June 2nd tweet. Nosferatu is <laughs> involving and also network TV can't or won't do. This is the same tweet. Wow. wow. I can't I'm believe this you. is happening. And Trump, not so. Maybe they have the same ghostwriter for their social media. Oh, page. God. That's a miniseries waiting to happen. Um, I, I will say this about Destiny Survivor. I have a coworker that was very sad when season two got canceled on ABC, on ABC, was thrilled to hear that it was coming back to Netflix. I'm not sure if he even knows it's back on, 
but I will make sure to let him know. <laughs> hey, have you have you seen Designated Survivor yet? Is Designated Survivor the Kiefer Sutherland show? It sure is. Ace Merrill from Stand By Me. Oh, wow. Okay. Tough minded. Mel. Designated Survivor. Tough minded. June 13th. Let's just put that out there. <laughs> June 13th. Dr. Sleep is going to blow your mind if you have any left after It Chapter 2, that is. Wow. A glowing endorsement for one of his adaptations. I, I wonder if this means he's actually seen all of Dr. Sleep. We gotta get we've gotta get Steven on this podcast. He can answer all these questions. <laughs> we we just have so many open ended questions. Add it to the list of questions we would ask Steven. I Craig. have so many questions. Um, Dan, <laughs> can you answer, can you uh, do this next one? The new Spencer Quinn novel about Chet the dog is called Heart of Darkness. I love it. Check out this song and dog video. I think written by the author. It touched my heart. Now, of course, this is about a dog trying to find Colonel Kurtz in, in the Vietnam <laughs> oh, during, uh, I think, the 1970s. So I'm looking forward to this adaptation. And Dennis right. Hopper stars in it, too. Mm. Um, I'll take the and next one. He just one has since... a Scooby-Doo voice. He's like, the horror. <laughs> oh, the horror. <laughs> so where's Marlon Brando? Um, I'll take the next one, considering I had a meltdown when it was tweeting <laughs> You did. Uh, oh, uh, June 27th, Alamo Drafthouse Cinema is uh, celebrating the master of horror, Stephen King, with a curated selection of Colton classic adaptations. You like this? I like it. Includes Maximum Overdrive. Not a great movie, maybe, but the soundtrack kicks ass. Hard ACDC. True. Yeah, if you recall, a year ago, we also ran a Stephen King Film Festival. This is definitely different and separate from it. Um, however, uh, we didn't get the bump from uh, Stephen King. Let me, let me once again I, I explain about to it. our listeners and, and explain to Mike once again what's happening here with this Alamo draft test situation. This is a event that's going to be happening for months. Different movies. Oh, yeah. And it's at multiple. It's not just at one. Oh, no, it's a whole nation. I didn't even consider that. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the major difference. I'm just more bummed out that we didn't get the Stephen King bump. Although there's there's something here that says. We should have gotten the bump. I do have another thing about the press release that Alamo Drafthouse wrote. They did say, oh, yeah, and and fuck the Losers Club and fuck the Music Box Theater. (laughs) Those losers, they can't keep up with us. I can't believe they said that. You know, I can't believe it either. But you know, it's wild. I couldn't I can't believe it's already been a year since that. That's crazy. It's this. It would have been this weekend a That's, year ago. Uh, That's crazy. It was one of the one of the best weekends of my life, and it I was a wonderful it. time. Um, we had a great time, and this year, for some reason, the music box opted to go with a seventy millimeter projection of a new Quentin Tarantino movie. I know. But, what know, are we going to do? What are you going to do? I want to go um, and see it. I can't um, wait. What can I say? Take the next one. <laughs> I'll take the next one here. July fourth. Oh, by the way, happy belated Fourth of July, everybody. Oh yeah. That's America's, America's oh, yeah, thanks. You're welcome. That book blurb saying, I couldn't put it down, is usually bullshit, right? Yes. For me, it was true of Anna Batoniak's Necessary People. I literally couldn't stop reading Murder, Ambition, Toxic Friendship. What's not to like? Well, the fact that it's a sequel to Ordinary People, mm. Robert Redford, 1980. I was going to say 83, You're on the I dot. it's 1980. The year of my birth. I'm, I mark my, my existence by before or after Ordinary People. Do you think your parents were seeing Ordinary People? When, they uh, might have been reading the Judith Guest book. Oh. Because I think they probably conceived me before the film came out. Oh, wow. Let's get my dad on the phone. <laughs> figure this out <laughs> once and for all. Okay. I will remind your father to keep it <laughs> He's tight. He's like, oh, my God. Merry Neil! Christmas. Who's getting Mike, this next tweet here? Mike all right, fine. July 14th. Hey, it looks like our boy Stephen King is in my town, Hawkins. Stranger Things, commence Operation Child Endangerment. I fell off my chair. All right, Stephen, mm. calm down. 
it wasn't that funny. And that is in and Erica is the weakest link of Stranger Things three. I said it. Happy best deal day too, by the way, July fourteenth. Oh wow, is that true? It's, yeah. Thanks, yes, Dan. Yes. Oh, see, Dan, but I might, uh, Dad, and Dan is probably the most well versed in terms of history. Of all of us, mm-hmm. I'm throwing. Even I have a history bus. degree, but you know, I forgot all of it. <laughs> yeah, isn't Mac like like an actual history buff? Mac, no, that's that doesn't count. No, he loves like like ancient history, but Dan okay. is more into historical context. Get the two of them together, you got oh, the I whole like story of the world. Very fine, Justin, but yeah, yeah. Dan doesn't care about anything before 1983 it's in terms of competition. <laughs> I'll, I'll say if, if, if I had to explain to what communism was. If King ever writes a, a book set in uh, Latin America, oof, I'm 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 right there because that's why I did my study. In. I don't know any other history, though. I'm so. afraid to have Stephen King tackle something in Latin America. Right, that would be a problem. Speaking of 20th century, mm. his next tweet, Coco is one of the great novels of the 20th century's second half. There's a lot of qualifiers there. That's but 50 years worth. Good. Yeah, mm. but as we all know, it's a little bit smaller each time you read it. I think it's clear that my favorite use of Coco was um, George Costanza's nickname on Seinfeld. <laughs> Coco the monkey. Coco the monkey. Great stuff. Instead of T-Bone. T-Bone. Rest in peace, uh, the actor who played um, his boss. I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. Great character actor. He was also the villain in Clive Barker's Lord of Illusions. And in The Faculty, where he plays a history teacher. Speaking of history, Mel. Love The Faculty. All right, July 19th. Stephen King retweeted a Patton Oswalt tweet that said, guys, the new, e- the new season of Veronica Mars is so good, and it's on Hulu now. You can go watch it right now. And Stephen King added, I'm so there. Always loved the show and the movie. I was right. going to ask all of you this because this is uh, one of my uh, black holes in pop culture. I never watched Veronica Mars. I heard it was great. I heard I am hearing good things about the new series. I, I heard, heard the movie was good. Big bang. So what's the story? Should uh, I watch this or not? Has anybody here seen it? Uh, my girlfriend uh, is a big fan of it, um, has not uh, watched this new season yet. But uh, according to our review on Consequences Sound by Andrew Bloom, who went real deep on it um, and who was taken by surprise because he thought he was going to have a few extra days before this thing dropped, um, loves it. Yeah, I'm hearing good things. And I really like Kristen Bell a lot. So yeah, I and uh, I think Rob Thomas, of course, not the Matchbox 20, Rob Thomas. Smooth. Uh, yeah, not this, not this guy. I think he was he responsible for Chuck, which I yeah, liked a lot too. A lot so Chuck. he's been around for a while. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to say that. Hey, and if you didn't know, July twentieth, it chapter two, beware the deadlights. Well, a great tease that Stephen King left for us on July twentieth, because we will be talking once again <laughs> with uh, Anthony Bresnikan about the it chapter two trailer and a lot of the things he was able to see behind the scenes. Why don't you take this next section? Because these these are actually some real serious sections. Okay, yeah, let's get serious here for a second. I did this kind of crept up on me this mm-hmm. date. Yeah, um, we're going to call this section "Get Busy Living" or "Get Busy Living." Yeah. And um, on June nineteenth, nineteen ninety nine, I got hit by a van while taking a walk. As I lay unconscious in the hospital, the docs debated amputating my right leg and decided it could stay on a trial basis. I got better. Every day of the 20 years since has been a gift. And then he's, there's a quote here, I think, right? Well, this, is, this is later on. Um, this is like later on down the road where mm. um, it, it dealt with someone who was basically reaching out to Stephen saying, you know, my 16-year-old son is hanging in there. He could use some encouragement. Here's a list of some people he admires and one of them and things that he enjoys. And one of them was Stephen King. And Queen, uh, King actually tweeted back saying like, tell him Steve King says hang in there. All the good, sh- all the good shit is still ahead. That's that's great because yeah. he doesn't always respond to no. people on Twitter. Too. Tragic, but it's also the the coincidence of June nineteenth. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. there's some kind of cosmic 
force here. I'm, I'm not kidding. It's the Crimson King. I don't want to bring <laughs> so it back many, to the Dark Tower, I, but 19, 19 is very so 19, 19 back to back. So I had, a, I had a question about this. So did his, because I know the Dark Tower obviously leans heavy in, in 19. Mm. Isn't it the Wastelands that starts with the 19? No, the, the, the Gunslinger. No, the, the very first one. The very, wait, Gunslinger really does yeah, lean into when it? She's, but no, when but she, here's the question, though. He edited the Gunslinger. So was it because this accident that he started leaning heavy on 19 because i've always wondered what does he have a, such an obsession with 19 i think it because even in the shining right in the book doesn't the room add up to 19 217 yeah yeah so I, I think that number has just been around in his universe forever i mean you think about it there's only 365 days in a year the odds start going down a little bit but it's still mm-hmm. the fact that it's multiple 19s is pretty wild yeah I mean, it's all even in the dead zone. There's allusions to 19. There's 19s throughout all of his okay. all of his stuff here. So, well, I yeah, I number. I, I de- it definitely crept up on me. I did not. Um, I totally forgot it was the 20th anniversary. We should have done an episode about it. Um, and uh, I apologize, but. I also didn't realize that he almost had his right leg amputated. It was. Ba- I remember yeah. we, we talked about this. I think maybe the first year we did this mm-hmm. this podcast, and uh, I honestly thought that. He was going to be dead in a week. I did too. The, the way the news was out there, it just seemed like he was being held on by mm-hmm. the marvels of medicine, and that was going to be it. I was like prepared for it. So, but, but instead, it turned out to be incredible. this huge thing for him. I mean, he also he bought the van. <laughs> that's that true. Killed him, which oh, that's been, right. I always yeah. wonder where he left it. I mean, is it somewhere in his ba- backyard? I think possibly? Wherever Ron Goldman left the uh, Heisman. Oh, okay. Also, um, was it because of some dogs, oh my like God. some purebred dogs? In the van that distracted the driver. Is it like the? I, I don't know. I, but I, he I had do, like two Dobermans in the van, and he was trying to like I, I don't know. There's just a lot of a lot of stuff. Some mur- that came he had together. some murder dogs in the van. Yeah. Um, what, well, I do know that the amputation, in hindsight, now that I'm actually finding this out, absolutely affected and influenced Duma Key. Then, oh yeah, because that person loses a mm-hmm. limb in that. Yeah, I want to say something here too. We discussed this years ago, and I just plain forgot. But apparently, nineteen was only used in the revisions of the of the Dark Tower series. Okay, um, so that is new. But it, it did it did happen to creep up in Four Past Midnight, The Shining, and The Dead Zone. Apparently, interesting. But a lot of that was because apparently of this. Now I'm sure everybody listening to this is losing their mind and knows the exact reason. But I, I there's a lot going on right now. Okay, it, it, Chapter Two is coming out in the month. <laughs> So you must forgive us. You must forgive us. Bottom right. line is it's been 20 years and we're still happy to have Uncle Stevie Love him. alive and alive and kicking. Would be great. And enjoying what? and enjoying this renaissance. Yeah. You know, he's able to enjoy all this too, which is great. How many what artists doesn't he enjoy? I would say like That's Stephen King is like the Aerosmiths of uh, American authors, you know, have. Oh, real- I was trying to segue into the shade of King. I know, but I, 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 I think like if you think about it, like Aerosmith big in the 70s, not so hot in the, the 80s, 90s, boom, comes back. You know, 20 years later, King's hot again. So, well, actually, it's more like 30 years, I guess, at this point. But well, anyway. That's true. Well, Mel, I'll tee you up, Mel. I mean, Thank you. Please do it again. I think that uh, Steven Tyler is so cool and his future was so bright. You know, what, what, would he, what would he have to put on? Some shades. Let's tee Mel up, but Mike said it. Shades. Mel, <laughs> what's the next night. category? <laughs> <laughs> the shade of King. Ah, the shade of King. July or June 13th. How about Netflix bringing back under the dome only starting from scratch and actually doing the book? This might be Stephen King's best tweet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I 
It's also the most transparent tweet in showing anyone that anytime he endorses a movie means jack shit. Did he endorse the show when it came out? He totally. I'm did. sure he did. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure he did. Dude, these. I. I'm but not, I believe he doesn't like it now. I'm not trying to bring it back. His tweets sound so much like Trump's tweets. <laughs> no, they are very. How about we talk about it all the time? Back. It's Only just from men of a certain like, age. It's just, it's, I yeah, think, it's yeah. a passive it's like, aggressiveness that they come across as like a teenager. Mm-hmm. We we have made many jokes about these watch, these tweets watch. over time. For example, I'll give. He'll contradict himself within one sentence. Selfie by the Chainsmokers. It's awful, but I like it. I feel sort of terrible about that and sort of okay with it. He just said nothing. He did he say just, nothing. Which is what a selfie essentially is. Mm, it's true. Hey, Dan, you, you did something awful, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm just making a little Instagram joke. I don't really mean I've taken selfies. All right, people. Dan, you, you skipped something pivotal that we've got to discuss. June 16th. June 16th. June 16th. Yeah. I don't need DraftKings to place a sports bet. I have this crazy thing called Friends. Oof. <laughs> some shade. That is some shade. I place really is the shade of King. I'm afraid to start gambling online. I'll say that because I feel like I, I would fall down a bad rabbit hole because I do love a lot of sports. So I, I avoid that. I do only, I do little bets here now and then, but uh, only, only with friends. Mm, only this time this I thing called Friends. I only gambled once. It was on a, a gambling cruise off of uh, Jacksonville, Florida. And the only reason why I stopped is because I got sick, but I was high, uh, or I was up. Oh, you were high. I wasn't high. I was, uh, I was up, as they say. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I took $5 and turned it into $75, and I bought everyone's steak and shake that night. So fun the, times. The um, real hero. Smart man. Take July 5th because you actually uh, read from uh, a Kindle. Oh, I'm looking forward to this one. July 5th, the day after the 4th of July. Yes. Hey, Kindle, iBooks, Nook, Audible. I've been a good consumer for years. How about some help? The works of two fine American novelists, Jack Hoffenberg and Earl Thompson, unavailable on any platform, would reread, but the print's too small for old eyes. Mel, I'm actually going to take this over to you. Any, are you familiar with these two authors? I'm not. Uh, I'm not either. Either. Oh, well. Dan? Yeah, Justin, I think you're probably more well-read than I am. Don't say that. You read like a book a week. Yeah, yeah but, you do. Uh, I mean, I, I was just making sure everybody... Thought I was superior in some way. Thank you very much for for delivering. <laughs> July fifth. <laughs> Getting old is no job for weaklings. That said, anyone says I'm seventy one years young, I'll punch your face. Oh, that's a little it's aggressive. Getting a little violent. I like it. I hope I'm not aggressive in a couple of years. I don't think so. Because <laughs> you're eight. You're sixty eight. <laughs> yeah. It's right around the corner, Mel. Uh, it's right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Dan, you want to read this next tweet? Yeah, these are terrible. <laughs> um, I follow him on Twitter, but I'm glad that he gets lost in it. I love that this is Dan's first needful tweets. And yeah. it's, oh, it's oh, so good. Man. This is so, so good. July 21st. It's Sunday. And if you're planning to be out on the links or watching the golf channel where TV goes to die, just remember that golf spelled backwards is flog. Just saying. Ooh, shots fired at golf. That reminds me of something that is related to horror. If I could tell this story, yeah, go for it. So I watched the film "The Howling Three: The Marsupials" for the first time a couple of days ago. How was it, Justin? Mel, it was awful. But I say all that to say this: the werewolves are from a town called—I'm not kidding—Flo. Like the like a waitress. And what is F L O W spelled backwards? Owl. Owl or no wolf? Yeah, I never. Howl. Yep. That earned a very unattractive. I have a cackle. master's in writing. Lowo. <laughs> They're from the town of Lowo. Um, no, but and it took. But sadly, it took me seventy-five minutes to figure it out because there's a shot from behind the sign in the background, and it says because I kept saying 
the town of Flo. Like, I'm not from Australia, but come on. So you're like basically Shelley Duvall in The Shining when she uh, sees the mirror. I, I, I hugged a small child, and I know this is said yeah. flow on the TV. Tyler, the creator, also has that camp flog based on his brand, Golf. Oh, that's interesting. He actually has the IP for that. He branded a clothing line called Golf. Stephen King, a huge fan of Tyler of, of the album yeah. Goblin. He was bumping uh, Igor. Was that before or after he decided not to make misogynistic lyrics? We're anyway, going to go on to our next um, category here before certain bloggers wolves. have their fans come after us. <laughs> yeah. uh, speaking of wolves, Mel. Thank you for letting me have that one. Yeah, Molly Watch. It's Molly Watch time. On oh. June 29th, it was bath time for Molly, a.k.a. the thing of evil. She's not pleased. The dirtier, the better is her motto. And My a, motto as well. And there's a very cute photo of her staring at the camera. <laughs> Thanks, with, Justin is just filthy. Like, <laughs> he's like pig pen all the time. <laughs> You have like a little like flies that run around. I always get nervous when pig pen comes around in peanuts, but oh, whatever. Uh, July 10th, Molly, a.k.a. The Thing of Evil, is preparing to audition for Randall Flagg in the CBS all-access version of The Stand, directed by Josh, the fault in our stars, Boone. Although female, she believes she can bark the part. And it's a really weird photo of Stan the miniseries, uh, the Stan the miniseries like Blu-ray that's coming out soon um, with Molly superimposed. I just want, I, more than anything... I want to see footage of Stephen King photoshopping these photos. Like actual technical photos like, of him. You yeah. think he does it himself? He oh, doesn't absolutely. hand it off? I argue it's not him either. I think it's somebody else. You think so? I do. I you cannot think he imagine just, he doing asks his assistant. Joe, hey, Joe, get in here. Joe. Joe. Owen. I'll read that, assume that Joe lives at the house. Idea. Joe, how do I change the screensaver? It's your laptop. Tabby, get your assistant over here. Tabby, how do you out. use paint? Who wants to take <laughs> July 15th? I have to wrap up this unholy trifecta of tweets. Yeah, about make my Molly. Own book cover. <laughs> so, <laughs> I got the I new feel, cover for the Institute. <laughs> I, I feel obligated to ensure the wrath and teeth of Molly, a.k.a. the thing of evil, by telling you that she coerced someone into photoshopping this picture. She did not summit Everest. It's fake news. <sighs> and it's the incur. Incur. What oh, whatever. Say? There's a really cute photo of Molly once again, oh. superimposed on... Uh, on a, a climber. Is it from um, that documentary that came out? I think so. Last week? Yeah. Last it's week. That, that photo <laughs> Last where year. Like, there's a big line at the summit of the mountain. Yeah, it's cute. I love Molly and I wish I could squeeze this dog. I say it every time and hope it happens. Now, for some deep thoughts by Stephen King. May 30th. Go for it. Want a little bedtime story? My friend felt he had a hair caught between his eye and his glasses. He couldn't get rid of it, so he looked in the mirror. A tick was crawling on his eyeball. Nighty night, sleep well. Jesus. I'd be grossed out. That's horrible. They couldn't even latch on that. It's Uh, nothing. uh, They want the blood. They don't want your vitreous humor. But uh, That's great, but I don't want a tick on my eye. No, I don't either. (laughs) You don't care about that. It's fucking terrifying. Um, May 31st. I'm I'm neutral. (laughs) Uh, We're we're going to get you that tick on your eyeball for your next birthday. The only tick Thank I like you. is Patrick Warburton. Uh, and the only lime I like is in my Corona. Am I right? <laughs> ah, <laughs> cheers. Um, what's date a girl with Lyme disease? Uh, May thirty first. <laughs> with, with all these streaming services, why doesn't one of them bring back Rocky and Bullwinkle? Oh, my dad's favorite show. Mm. Plus, Boris and Natasha must find Moose and Squirrel, along with Mister Peabody and his pet boy Sherman. Of course, what the fuck are you thinking about, Stephen King? What's weird is that literally a month later, he saw a photo. He, he took a photo of a moose outside his house and he said, we had a visitor the other day, possibly looking for his pal, Rocket J Squirrel. 
He's is, got Rocky and Bullwinkle on the mind. Which is, I think it's really part of that generation because my dad like grew up worshiping Rocky I and I grew up with Rocky and Bullwinkle because my parents worshiped Rocky See, that's Rocky why. Then it must be, it really is a generational so thing. I very, I, this tweet resonates with me. The series of tweets, this two part. I mean, you know, series. I was out there, you know. Oh, uh, yeah. Slam man sesh. about town. I <laughs> Filthy. Didn't have time. Really do, you, do you prefer um, Rocky and Bullwinkle <laughs> starring Robert De Niro, Taxi Driver? I prefer the one starring uh, Dave Thomas from the early 90s. Oh, interesting. That, that's a real movie that bombed, by the way. Oh, God. June 13th, Dan. This is a quote from a, a follower of Stephen King's. Quoted, Jason Seacrest. Steve, with all you've done, there could be a new streaming service. Steve TV. It'll have it all. Crime drama, Mr. Mercedes. Prison drama, Shawshank. Teen drama, Carrie and It. Anthology drama, Nightmares and Dreamscapes. Fantasy, Eyes of the Dragon. And game show, Running Man. Hashtag Steve TV. All right. And what does what does Mr. King say about that? <laughs> ah, that's a good idea. We could have a series about a guy who gets a tick in his brain and it lays eggs. Just thinking out loud here. Call it the Brain Eaters. Oh, wait, there's already a movie named that. Wait, is there a movie called The Brain Eaters? I like that. My 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 interpretation of King's voice is Gordon uh, Cole from Twin Peaks, and yours is like any Kevin McDonald character on Kids in the Hall. I, I try to do uh, Janet Reno in King, but I think oh, it's because they look that. alike and they don't really sound alike. But What happened to Janet Reno? She's still kicking. Is she? Sure. She got bit by a tick. Oh, wow. She, that's, she, she got a tick on her eyeball. Oh, my God. Mel, what happened on June 14th when Stephen King was tweeting? He just got into some some fun conspiracies. Some mm. things beggar any reasonable explanation. Ghosts. <laughs> the mass <laughs> disappearance at Roanoke. UFOs reported and filmed by USAF jet pilots. And my sudden need to listen to Pick Up the Pieces by the Average White Band. Maybe it was watching, uh, I don't know, but I, I, I do love that song. And speaking of UFOs, Dan Flieger will be reading Tom DeLonge's yeah. uh, story about UFOs. Isn't that correct? Yeah, Mike just showed it to me in the office. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to finally get to the truth behind all the BS. I'll be so happy if he actually ends up being... I, I've, I've said this a thousand times, yeah. maybe never on a podcast. The greatest recorded human event would be if Tom DeLonge was proved right. And he showed that aliens exist. And he like was the, the one... And, 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 do you want to go do a party? I'll meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not, sadly, I'm not reading it for the truth. I'm reading it because yeah. it's fun to watch. For the chuckles. Well, hey, house burned down. But anyway, hey... Once I finish that QAnon book, though, I'll finish that Tom one. In the <laughs> oh, fun. Guys. Fun conspiracy theories abound. Um, oh, this is a really good deep thought. July 17th, my brother's birthday. Uh, mm. what, do you th- what do you do when things aren't going well? Keep rocking. And it's a photo of Stephen King with his band. So love Thanks, it. Steve. Oh, what a great way to, to wrap up. I'll put it on my fridge. That's, that's Steve, that Uncle Stevie is still kicking it 20 years later after that awful accident. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. We love you, Stephen. We love you so much. You know, I, I, we're not going to drink and drive, <laughs> but damn it, we're going to get into that that hot ride. We're going to put the, the roof down, put on some sunglasses, and head towards Hollywood. It's time for Hollywood King. There's a town on the coast of Del Sol, always find my way there. There's a place that the calls to my soul Always find my way there People there are forever young Forever young And they toast to each other's love Each and every night 
All right. I think that if we're going to be, you know, doing a round robin on these stories, mm. you have to take this one. Mike, thank you. I'm going to take this first one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm only seeing Conjuring. So. Oh, don't worry. Oh, spoiler don't worry. Alert. The Nun screenwriter comments on his King adaptations. Annabelle writer Gary Doberman did an interview with Cinema Blend about his upcoming projects, which include a Return to Dairy with It Chapter 2, as we talked about many times, mm-hmm. and we will be talking about later on this episode, as well as a first-time theatrical visit, at least stateside, <laughs> to Salem's Lot. <laughs> Here are a couple highlights of that conversation. There's a lot of challenging things, but it really is an editing process of like, you know, you're not going to get all the fucking great scenes in there. You know, they always say you have to kill your darlings, but it's like they're not. They're, they are my darlings, but I'm such a fan of the books and the scenes. And so it's a challenge to sort of decide, OK, well, I really like this, but I love that. Is there a way to get the two ideas in there? Maybe put it somewhere else. It's one of those things where I, I try to preserve as much as I can of the book and the spear of the book and why it works. I mean, there's books out there that have great concepts, but they're executed so well. So you're like, well, I like the concept, but I'll kind of just run with it. Or it's got a good first half, but the second half is not great. So you can depart from it, but these are not those, right? They work so well. There's a reason they've been around as long as they have been. So you're just working very hard to preserve as much as you can of it and give it the respect it deserves. I award you no points. And thank God <laughs> have mercy. <laughs> and I think it's clear, though, the one thing we can all agree on here, no matter what we think about Gary Doberman, and is that It Chapter 2 definitely comes out on September the 6th. September 6th, yeah. Write down, folks. September Why not 6th. September 19th? I guess maybe it's not a Friday, but... <sighs> but you know what? Movies come out on on Thursdays anyway. What so why not just do the 19th? Because it would have been 9 It would have been a Thursday. Yeah, that would have been perfect. Who are the marketing wizards it would have been Thursday. They They're probably been going like- off against Josh Boone's New Mutants movie. Just oh. kidding. But I think it's time to talk about some Josh Boone news. Mel... It's time for Josh Boone to cast his stand. I don't know what that's a reference to, Justin. Uh, so. when, mother, when Mother Abigail says, it's time to take your stand. Oh, that's my That was wow. a tight step on that. Thank okay. you. Ruby that's, D, lover. You did a great job. Supposed to tell those from some ellipses. Okay. Major <laughs> casting developments are trickling out for Josh Boone's nine-episode CBS All Access adaptation of The Stand. Those officially announced by the writer-director on his Instagram page are... Odessa Young is Franny Goldsmith. News that Courtney Love responded to with, oh, wow, Josh, stunning. Yeah, I don't know anything. Wait, really? That's what she wrote on Instagram. Yeah, no joke. She just unfollowed me on Twitter, by the way. That's that What did you do that, Courtney heart. Love? No, she was purging a lot of people. And she probably was like, who the fuck is this loser? I mean, what, what do you want me to tell you? I know. Odessa Young, not familiar. I know she's, she's very young. I think she's like 21, 22. Yeah, they're definitely going to go with the book here. And yeah. Keep it young. And... I'm of two minds. Sometimes you like to have somebody that you know is a really good actor, but I kind of like the idea that they're going with the unknown here. Me too. Um, so yeah. I'm kind of on yeah. board with this. I'm on all for it. Yeah, we're all in. Okay, Josh Boone, you can continue to make this mini this series now. We're we're all in on this casting. Are you Mel. still in? If James Marsden is Stu Redman, Marsden responded, "Can't tell you how excited I am, my friend. Let's do this." I think James Marsden's actually become quite a good character actor over the he years. Um, I think his big knock, unfortunately, is how attractive he is. Mm-hmm. But he really Huge is. A, knock. He's a, but yeah, I got got help him. But he is actually a, a good actor. Um, I don't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't see him as Stu. I guess you could say. But he is around the same age as Stu is in the book. So 
See, I can. Uh, he's actually from Oklahoma originally. See, I didn't know that. He's got like a big family with a lot of siblings, so I can kind of see him doing the kind of you know just like good old boy, yeah, the folksy charm, country, and you know, he's I, got kind of a baby face. Yeah, but but I think they can kind of toughen him up a little bit. I mean, he's not as baby faced as when he was on Saved by the Bell, the new class, the Homecoming oh, wow. King episode. <laughs> I feel like it's going, we're taking stuff back from the vaults. I love it, which is true. And then obviously like Westworld, but I think the range he's shown as Teddy, where. You know, semi-spoilers, he's been kind of the nice hero and then turned into a Terminator type. Mm-hmm. I think he has the range. Oh, is that season two? Yes, sir. Oh, interesting. All right. Um, I, I'm That's actually your really big, season two update. I, I, I'm a huge Marsden uh, fan. Uh, I stan or whatever the fuck they call it. Don't now. say that, please. I um, hate it. But uh, I actually really like his uh, performances. I, I uh, Dating back to like disturbing behavior. I thought he was great in that movie. But Campfire Tales from 97. Oof, God, that's been a while since I've seen that one. <laughs> Straight to video. Uh, yeah. The, uh, but he's, you know, his good looks do uh, play against him. But hey, I thought uh, Gary Sinise is a good looking guy too, even though he looks like he's been on four or five benders. But I, um, with, with Marsden, I, I'm just, uh, I'm excited to see him uh, take the wheel. Because he deserves it. He, I felt like he's been like totally undervalued for the last 10, 15 years, even though he still gets really pretty good roles. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where he's so attractive, it's hard for me to really feel sorry for him. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Uh, Mel, who's the next bit of casting here? Henry Zaga is Nick Andros. Zaga responded, you're the man, Cap. So pumped and grateful, my friend. Everyone's calling him my friend. Ugh, I, this, <laughs> this is, is my least favorite casting. Yeah, so Mike, you have a big problem with this. Who is this guy? I don't know, and that's why I I'm Google have a imaging with him well, right a, now. What's the big deal? He's an unknown. He doesn't like for me. He doesn't look like Nick like Nick Andrews. I think he looks great. Eh. Mel's on board. It's also twenty six. It's also should be noted that like Six there's like based on this like you know collection of cast members, the the it's not a very eclectic cast for the most part or diverse. I mean, I feel like Nick Andrews is you had an opportunity to actually like shake it up a little bit, and he's Brazilian. And, what do you think about that, Mike? All right. Well, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, like, slowly puts pin down, like, I've got no comeback. Uh, I don't. I just thought that, you know, if you're going to go with, like, Nick Andrews is, you know, I don't know. I, it's, it sucks because I think we had Michael B. Jordan in our dream cast. This was the, uh, I think, like, the movie version and yeah. before Michael B. Jordan really blew up, yeah. to be fair. So, so yeah, I, I really, like, ago. had that in my head, you know, but there's no way that Michael B. Jordan was ever going to do a CBS All Access show, so no. whatever. Yeah. I also wonder, too, so he's a Brazilian actor, right? I think he's in 13 Reasons Why. Oh, oh you're going to bring in people there. Yeah. The um, Instagram followers. But so the interesting thing will be, you know, he's, he speaks sign language, obviously, through most of the film. But there are the dream sequences or sort of the talk, yeah, connections where he does speak English. So it'll be interesting to see whether, you know, they kind of play on the fact that he's from Brazil or that they just tell him to do the accent. Yeah, I, I did not watch. I have no reasons why, but I didn't watch 13 Reasons Why. So I can't speak he's to whether he's got an accent. Oh, he's in Teen Wolf, the, uh, the MTV Teen Wolf. Mm-hmm. Like like he would be in the 1985 <laughs> team. <laughs> he's like Again, he's, he's 52 years old. Oh, God. Anyway, Mel, uh, there's another bit of casting here, Mel. Yeah, Amber Heard is Nadine Cross. Comments were turned off for that posting, so maybe there were depth defenders going on the attack. Yeah, it's kind of just uh, – that had to be why, too. It's, you think so? Kind of, it has to be why. It's, just, it's the only one any, that the comments were turned off on. Yeah. Would Do you think surprised? that's why Ryan Adams uh, didn't have any comments allowed for his uh, well, he's been, reemergence? Oh, that's a whole other nightmare comeback that he's yeah. unfolding for himself. In an alternate universe, I still wanted Ryan Adams as uh, Larry Underwood. but um, Those days are long gone. Long gone. But Amber Heard is one I'm a little nervous about because I, 
I'm not a huge fan of her. I thought she was great in Zombieland, but uh, that's one appearance where she literally plays a zombie in one scene. I think she's very sexy, and and Nadine, you know, especially in the second half of this, has to come to be like a dark-haired witchy sexy. This this is what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if she can be like a a seductress. Like, Like you have to be with Harold Lauder. You know what I mean? But you know what? I don't think I've ever actually seen her in anything besides Zombieland, so I can't really speak on that. She's in. She's oh no, I saw Drive Angry. Rum Diary. Yeah, she's her? in the Rum Diary. The Rum Diary with with the uh, aforementioned. Hey, Jonathan. Well, Depp. Do you think dating Elon Musk gives you any sort of experience dating Randall Flag? Let's, well, have, let's have Grimes in here. Or yeah, Harold. Change your eyes. What about Harold? Is Elon Harold or Flag? Elon uh, Musk. She has anal sex a- with Harold only. <laughs> that's true. That's straight God. from the book. Elon, I think that Harold Lauder is much more of an, an Elon Musk. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like Randall's kind of like Randall. Johnny Depp. My friend Randall. Hey, the other, all right, so the other day we actually had a nice little loser's reunion. Um, and Mel actually had a really good prediction for I always Randall do. Flag. You do? No, I didn't have a prediction. I just have wants and needs. But I think this actually desires. might line up, though. What was it, what was it again? I had so many. They were all good. What were you going to say? Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Prompter. Yeah. Oh, Bill yeah. Dafoe. Yeah, good old Bill. I could see him taking this role mm-hmm. if if if, it, if that was the case. I think that'd be really good. I think the only thing Mel ever got really dead wrong was that um, that Doctor Sleep would not, would not allude to the nineteen eighty version of The Shining. That like, is true. I think she got um, dead wrong. God, I was hundred thousand percent wrong. <laughs> let's just hope that let's just hope that you know she's right here because Willem Dafoe was a part of The Fault in Our Stars, and if they're they're you know cheekily keeping in the family randall flag i mean these are all like principal characters granted we still don't know who's playing larry underwood and we actually haven't even finished the other cast yeah mel yet. what else do you have because there's a couple more people that haven't officially been announced yes, yet yes yes others likely to take on roles but who have not been officially announced include academy award anatomy greg kinnear as glenn bateman and academy award winner whoopi goldberg as mother abigail all right now here's where i get concerned yeah whoopi goldberg amazing and ghost Lover, I think she's a, a wonderful actress. She is not that same person anymore. She is a total personality, a big personality. Um, she's been on multiple television shows, like morning shows since then. She is a household name. Mm. For me, I think it's going to be incredibly distracting and, and brings it almost to this like back to the 1994 miniseries quality where it's, it's like, I'm not going to see Mother Abigail. I'm going to be seeing Whoopi Goldberg. And for oh, me, you were just complaining about not having a diverse cast. Well, no, no but I, I don't have a problem. I, I mean, I, I just think that you could have gotten someone that's a little lesser known so that the role is a little more. Which embellished. is why I think Ruby D, even though she was an acclaimed actor, she not is. a lot of people yeah, in 94 knew who she was. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So, yeah. like, with, I mean, like, Whoopi Goldberg is so universally known. And, and the fact that, like, I mean, because she's been on The View a lot, right? I mean, like, over the past few For years. For a long time, yeah. I just think it's like a very. You know, it's just such a a different style of of performer I would have wanted for this role. Right I, now. I think they should have given it to Scarlett Johansson. Oh yeah, <laughs> for Mother Abigail. Great. She, hey, look, anybody can play a role. She said. I'm also not crazy about Greg Kinnear as Glenn Bateman. I I love Greg Kinnear, but he is like 25 years younger than Ray Walston was in the in the miniseries. Yeah. So it's a he he seems. He looks good for his age. He's actually mm-hmm. 56, but he looks almost too close in age mm-hmm. to Stu. So you're kind of taking yeah. away the father-son-ish relationship that they have there. Yeah. I, I do wish they had gone with somebody a little bit older like, um, I don't know. Let's get Michael Caine in here. Michael Caine. That would oh, be yeah. wild. Right? This, is, this is my dog, and this is where I paint <laughs> my paintings. <laughs> I would have liked Richard Jenkins. I think that's who we Oh, had. yeah, Richard Jenkins. I think we might have had that in yeah. our dream casting, right? Would have been good. 
Oh, well. But anyway, so there's a lot more news coming our way when it comes to the old, the old, uh, the stand and we're looking some forward more, to it. Yeah. Some more of that new shit. Some more of that new shit, though. Hey, we got one more, though. We got one more piece of casting. And that's what you get right there. We might star now in the stand show. Very good. You see, Mel? Oh, actually, I did say to explain their song to the tune of the dope show. <laughs> yeah, you That's did. Also, I, I teed up. I, I apologize for the almost also, slam. I knew shit was another Marilyn Manson reference. Nobody is picking up on what I'm laying down today. Oh, I, I, I Trust me. I, I was so concerned about this next bit of news. Um, I, I, I forgot, Mel. I'm sorry. The dope show. Sorry. You can take it, Mel, if you want. No, I don't want it. But, uh, Dan, you have to do it now. Sorry. You have to read this okay, news. now. All right, reading the copy. Schlock uh, <laughs> rocker. <laughs> Shock rocker. Marilyn Manson <laughs> told Revolver Magazine some rather revelatory news. Shooter Jennings and I did a cover of The End by the Doors for a new miniseries on The Stand by Stephen King, which I'm also going to be acting in. All right, so here's the question. First of all, I have no problem with this cover. I think that makes sense to have another kind of yeah, I'm sure know, end of the world song. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to be playing when everyone dies. Um, who do we think he's playing? I I think he's the monster shouter. Well, that's that, that's why he I should like. be Nadine. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yes. I think he's going to be playing with Larry Underwood. No, I'm just joking. I put monster shouter in my news article and so did Randall. So we had a little uh, um, AV Club COS crossover. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, we were on the same wavelength, or you could say uh, we had the shinning. Uh, I, I if he has to be a minor role, he has to be a minor role, and it has to be not so pronounced. Maybe it's Ralph. He pulls up in a truck. Hey, yeah. hop in. Hop in. This is my, this is my pickup truck. I, I still go with Tom Cullen, but. <laughs> Oof, yeah, I don't know how they're going to do I think he's going to be, what is it? The monster predictor? Yeah, yeah monster, the monster shouter. Yeah, yeah. Monster shouter. Cream of Dol- he could be the kid, couldn't he? My I think the kid, I always feel, I feel like, like the kid is younger. But I think that could right? also be like ironic, like when you call big guy tiny. I'm also willing to bet my money <laughs> right minute. now. That Why are we not talking about this? this? It's very possible he could be trash can man. He could be. Oh, yeah, totally. Maybe that's him. Now that you he say likes it. fire. And actually, he would I'm, revel I'm okay that. with that. Listen, I've actually seen Marilyn Manson act in dramatic roles. He's actually Sounds a pretty good actor. And the reason I think is because I've found him to be quite the phony for 25 years. So I think he's a really good actor. Mm-hmm. And he's actually been good in the things I've seen him in. So I think I could actually see him as a trash can man. Were you with Isn't us when we went to go see Smashing Pumpkins and Marilyn Manson? Yeah, I sure was. He was very... He was very edgy, he had like the cross out, you know. I was yeah. like, God, what a creep. Can I say one thing? What a that's weirdo. Funny, the fact that he's covering the doors because his first emergence onto the scene was the Sweet Dreams yeah. Eurythmics cover. Mm-hmm. He did Personal Jesus for Queer as Folk. I remember that. This is Halloween. And now the end. Are there any other covers that you think would have been good for this? Not maybe Don't Fear the Reaper. <sighs> too on the yeah, that'd been way too on the nose. I, I thought People Are Strange would have been cool. But then they, but it's, all, it's so intrinsic it's to the like Lost, Lost Boys. Boys yeah. yeah. I would have Isn't lo- the end from Apocalypse Now, right? Yeah. He could have covered the uh, the the end is the beginning is the end, the slow version that the Smashing Pumpkins did. Oh, that would have been cool. Actually, they should just use that song. They should what about um, song. When the Man Comes Around? Oh, uh, no, that's from the Ooh. Dawn of the Dead remake. Right? I know that, but I'm pulling it from the Oh, no, I like it. I think it would have been awesome if they used like a, you know, Cape Cod Quasa. Um, by <laughs> just have weekend. Marilyn Manson doing Cape Cod Quasa. Yeah. <laughs> Any Vampire Weekend songs would have been a real lot of fun. Listen, um, we're excited. We're still excited to see what the hell's going to happen. Oh, totally. Stan thing. It's it's definitely on our radar for next year. So, looking forward to it. Um, this next piece of news, I think we should have. Um, what was your nickname again? 
Uh, James Ransom. James Ransom himself. Ziggy from The Wire. Uh, the public got its Terrible first viewing character. of Greg Nicotero's Shudder adaptation of the aforementioned anthology at the aforementioned convention last week. And uh, look, I've been looking forward to this trailer because I uh, I got to go on the set for uh, Creep Show. Uh, I got to see a lot of uh, practical effects that they were teasing in uh, in a lot of interviews. Um, showrunner Greg Nicotero. Uh, has uh, talked about how much they've been leaning on the practical effects. And in this trailer that they dropped at Comic-Con, you get to see a lot of that. And I saw so many things in that trailer. I saw the dollhouse. I saw the little creepy crawly that you see walking around. Um, a lot of the uh, prosthetics that they uh, that you can obviously see in these clips, they were just laying there. Um, and when mm. I was there, like Jeffrey Combs was uh, shooting a scene. So we're going to be talking uh, to a lot of the cast and crew um, I already did, actually. And yeah. we're going to have that in a few episodes coming up and a huge cover story we're going to be doing on Consequence of Sound. But we got to see the trailer. What are your thoughts, Justin? Um, my thoughts are, I keep thinking about the cast and crew behind this, mm-hmm. which is getting me excited. My my favorite parts about the trailer were the things that, that did tie into that aesthetic mm-hmm. from the original Creep Show. I love seeing the comic book panels. Yeah, I love, they really only showed it when you see the Creeper. Yeah. Or the creep when you see like the the the, the bright red yeah. light lighted or blue lighted background. And actually, watching a couple more times, you do get that a couple times in the trailer. It's not actually it's not just him. Um, look, I've been looking forward to this for a while, and it seems the people that are behind this are very passionate about this, which also adds to it. It's hard to gleam a lot from a a trailer for an anthology series. I made that mistake to my detriment when they had the trailer for the Twilight Zone, mm. the new series for the Twilight Zone. You know, you can only sh- if you show flashes of bits and pieces from isolated stories in a two-minute trailer. It's hard to really judge. It really I, I don't want to yeah. do it here, but you know, it, it, it tickled me in all the nostalgia spots, especially the little the, the actual original score coming in at the very yeah. end of the trailer. So, but Mike, you were there. Mm-hmm. So, what did you glean from this? Well, I I think that they're they're definitely trying to keep as true as possible to the original series. Yeah. Um, and you know, they have John Harrison involved. He's going to be directing some episodes. Mm-hmm. He actually did the score for the original one. Um, you know, when I was there, um, Tom Savini was, uh, directing an episode and what? Know, yeah. Yeah. And Love Tom. We, we, we talked to Tom, so we will have an interview with him and, oh my gosh. um, and also, I mean, it, it really helps that Nick Otero is just shepherding this because he's such a huge King fan and also he was involved with the original one so like Mm -hmm. having as many members tied to the original as he could and the fact that they have adrian barbeau is like that's cast in this as well there is like there is a very very big focus on that reverence for the past and i think that's a really emblematic of shutter um just because they they're so they're obsessed with the past i mean like they love they love so much of the the horror that we grew up on and they're respectful of it so Based on what I saw on the set and just how many like models and dummies and um, puppets, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. I mean, even if it's I'm the only thing I'm really concerned about is that they do shoot digitally and the digital horror doesn't really work for me sometimes. And obviously, if you're trying to have that vintage aesthetic, that's like a lot of the EC comic stuff. It's kind of hard to capture that when you're doing digitally. And so that's my only fear looking at this trailer is just seeing the execution of it all. Because um, this is the first time I've actually been able to see footage. Yeah. I, I mean, we obviously saw it being shot, but 
you know, this is the the final product. So I don't know. I'm I'm hoping that they lean really heavily on the comic panels as we got to see teased in this. And I'm hoping that we get to see a lot of the color filters get a little bit more embellished. But um, they've got they, they just have to lean into the fact this is uh, there's supposed to be, there's supposed to be some scares, but it has to be fun. Yeah, that's what they really have to to concentrate. And on. And it looks like it is. I mean, like there's like that shot of David Arquette in there that looks. Oh, like it's it's, it's, I just hope it's over the top and just fun and yeah. and, and grisly at times. Mel, what did you make of the trailer? Oh, I'm doing this just in style. I haven't seen the original and I haven't seen anything of the new one. So I'm just going to I'm just going to watch it when it comes out. Oh, okay. wait, you never saw the original creep show. Nope. Oh, oh wow. Next time you're here, we got to yeah, watch next time you're here. You have to... Dan, do you have any thoughts? Wow, about? So it's that in kindergarten cop. OK, yeah, they're absolutely. both they're both very good. Crisp. Dan, any thoughts about the, the trailer? Did you see the trailer yet? I, I actually did not, but I'm a big fan of creep show. Yeah, the film. But it, so is it going to be? Hour long episode or half hour? Well, episodes? they're doing it's six episodes, but there's stories, two right? two stories in each episode. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of going to do like the, the turning of the comic to the next I story, think it's be which an is hour. yeah, that would make sense if they're going to yeah. I, I feel like telling a story in fifteen minutes might be a little quick. It's a lot. Although yeah. I, sometimes I love like a quick and dirty horror story. Yeah. I, I'm just happy that these aren't going to be forty five minutes. Yeah, I think that that was the problem. A big problem with the new Twilight Zone is that they were like fifty minute episodes, and those work best at twenty five minutes tops. And you hear all about them on the Fifth Dimension, a Twilight Zone podcast. That's right. Another Mike, another Mike Rothman uh, podcast he's in. Yeah. Uh, do times. we want to break down because they've actually got the writer, directors, and synopsis for these? Do we want to talk about this, or do you want to save this? I just realized that we're going to have a big creep show episode. Yeah, I so. think we should save that. We'll for save like, it because we'll we're going to be doing. We're going to be covering it week by week. So synopses are juicy, though. They are very juicy. I'll, and I'm, I'll I'm, just name the the five casting things that they announced. How about that? Yeah, I'll, go real for quick. It. Um, Kid Cudi and Jeffrey Combs, who Mike mentioned, are going to mm-hmm. be in an episode together. And I, we did not uh, get to talk to Kid Cudi because he arrived on set at like five in the morning, and I by by around one thirty, I was losing it already. <laughs> like that dog, like the <laughs> Watson the Hellhound over here. <laughs> Holy! We have the Sun Dog. I've never. Uh, Watson was really upset that you did not interview Kid Cudi. I know. <laughs> But once the panic subsides, this is uh, we'll talk about the next bit of casting, which I can't wait to discuss. Oh, go for it, DJ Qualls. Yeah, from Road Trip, and you see DJ Qualls in the trailer. Oh, yeah, you do, you do. Yeah, at the very end, he's in an episode. If you had told me I was going to say this even a week ago, Big Boy from Outcast is going to be in an episode of Creep Show. Yeah. so I, I like this this odd casting, by the yeah, way. I think they're filming in Atlanta. Yeah, they, they were. Are. Oh, well, then that kind of makes makes sense, sense right? Mm-hmm. And the last bit of casting is we talked about one of George's uh, associates, George Costanza's associates earlier on, Bruce Davison. Yeah, is going to be in the show. Bruce Davison ran uh, Susan's fund <laughs> yep. or charity on Seinfeld. I didn't even think about that. That's but horror wise, he's best known for the seventies. He was in uh, Ben mm-hmm. and um, Willard. Willard, yeah, the, the rat movies. And you might know him as uh, Senator... Uh, God, I can't remember. The guy Senator who Davidson. melts away in the X-Men movie. In X-Men, yeah. Oh, is it Senator Davidson? Senator. The melting senator, Bruce Davidson. Okay, No, that's his last name is Bruce Davidson. <laughs> oh, who the hell knows who this guy is? Oh, my God. Josh Mallerman wrote one of these. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's The, the pedigree is pretty cool here. Um, but, yeah, we'll definitely dive into that closer to the, the actual release on Shudder. All right, well, let's move on in that case to our next category, which has been edited by somebody who clearly knows chess. So you should read this one. 
Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. In chess, the king and rook can castle, but Amazon, home of Castle Rock, just cast Michael Rooker as its new king. Checkmate. You see, Dan, (laughs) you were so close. You were so close, Dan, but I'm happy to report that Castle Rock was on Hulu, not Amazon. Oh, no. <laughs> it was so close. Well, thanks for letting me go. It was so advice, close. Justin. Well, I didn't notice that until I was reading it, and I went, wait a minute, wait. But you know what? We're going to keep it on there because we're I'd having love a good to take time. That again, but you know. But instead, why don't you read the news that we were alluding to? It's too late. Fine. According to Michael Rooker's official website, the actor has joined the cast of Amazon's 13th. 13th so, episode. wait, you put Amazon. I just no. What I'm saying is, Castle Rock, (laughs) the series was on Hulu, but the Dark Tower is on Amazon. Can we? No, we're gonna keep going. It's (laughs) gotta be your fault. All right, Uh, Justin, he's misleading. All right, so basically, (laughs) too long didn't read, um, too long didn't hear. Michael Rooker, the Dark Tower Amazon series. Everyone thinks he's gonna be court. We're moving on. Oh, and but uh, we did not know that it was gonna be 13 episodes or officially dropping in 2020. No, but so I mean, assumed it's 2020. I didn't know 13 episodes, yeah. though. That is a lot. That's 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 a full season. Let's go. We got a lot of story to I, tell here. Him as court let's would be go. awesome. I, 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 that's one of my favorite characters from the Dark Tower series. Yeah. And like, I agree. Of the 13 episodes, I could see him maybe being in like five or six of them. Well, hey, Definitely. Ron is going to be uh, his uh, Stephen Ch- the Shane, Roland's dad. Yeah, I feel like he's maybe in like Drone three fun. or four episodes, but yeah. Court is the really impactful character. That let's get a season one that's going to resonate for that character. Do we think this is going to be Wizard and Glass? I'm telling you, it's going to be him like at home and maybe season two will be Wizard and Glass or maybe we'll get into Wizard and Glass as it goes on. I think we're going to see a lot of things that we only heard about throughout the series but never really saw like a couple of battles of like Jericho Hill yeah. might be season one or two. It's There's so much they can do with all the source material. And even in like the wasteland when they're on Blaine the Mono, mm. there's a lot of reference to Quartz riddle yeah. solving ability. So he could potentially it's, be in the first – Two, three seasons. Rich with potential. Wow. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. I hope they, they do a good job. Again, there's there has not been official, official announcements from from old Amazon, so we're going to have to well, just Hulu, wait. Apparently it's or Hulu. Hulu or Amazon, one of the two. I don't know what's going on anymore. Okay, uh, who wants to read this uh, next bit of news here? How about Mel? Mel. How about, how about Mel? <laughs> Director Howard, more like Captain Obvious, 
Speaking of the Dark Tower, on the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, Ron Howard dropped this god bomb take on the terrible Dark Tower movie he produced back in 2017. I think it should have been horror. I think that it landed in a place, both in our minds and the studios, that it could be PG-13 and sort of a boy's adventure. I really think we made a mistake. Not, I mean, I'm sure, I'm not sure we could have made this movie, but I think if we could have made a darker, more hard-boiled look and made it the gunslinger's character study more than Jake, I think in retrospect that would have been more exciting. We always felt like we were kind of holding back something and i think at the end of the day it was that just to hear that they want to make it they really did set out to make it this this ya adventure is just infuriating and i'm happy that it bombed i'm happy that nobody liked it so we could just really it was easier to just move past it's it and an, kind of pretend like it didn't even happen it's an easy mistake to make like king has always kind of been associated very willingly with that kind of old-fashioned ya in this and to use ron howard's words boys adventure <laughs> Type yeah, of storytelling. But, that, but not for this. And, and I no. hope they rectify that. I mean, obviously, there's going to be younger people in this series, but I just, I, I hope it's a, it's a harder edge to it. You know what I mean? Um, that's, I don't even know what else to say about that movie anymore. I mean, love Idris, love Tom, whatever. <laughs> on Mike's tombstone. Uh, I don't know much about IDW. Oh. I'm just joking. ID, <laughs> IDK, much about IDW. Do you? <laughs> <laughs> Sleeping Beauty is the first collaboration between Stephen King and Owen King is being adapted into a series for AMC. However, did you know it's also being adapted into a comic book? Wait, what now? Deadline reports that IDW Publishing will be releasing a 10-issue run for early 2020 from Canadian writer Rio Yours, The Forgotten Girl, and London artist Allison Sampson, Winnebago Graveyard. Great titles. Yeah. Yeah. Great titles. I, you know, I, as I've said many times... I'm not a big comic book person, so I'm not familiar no. with either of these people. I once again, third time's a charm, Mel. Have you heard of either of these people? <laughs> I feel like I've heard of Winnebago Graveyard, but mm. I, I also don't keep up with the comics world. Um, I don't know. Sounds cool. Yeah. Well, I, can't I wait saw for the some series. of the artwork, and and one of the images I saw looked quite captivating. But uh, Kate Capshaw. I can't say I'm gonna Kate Capshaw. I can't say. I'm going to read this because, again, you won't. It's not for me. That's more like Caffrey's territory. Caffrey or even Randall or even Mac. Mac. Eh, more like Caffrey and Mac. Yeah. Well, they're not here, but well, we are. We should probably move on to our next uh, topic here. Yeah, we should. And uh, I think it uh, takes us from a small town to uh, kind of a small town. Yeah, I think I'll take this one. From Derry to San Diego. So the cast of It Chapter 2 paid the visit to Conan O'Brien at Comic-Con last week, uh, and they dropped some anecdotes about their time on the set. A lot of mm-hmm. it was perfunct- perfunctory, but, you know, yeah, it is what it is. I'm still jealous that I don't have the Funko from it. But Well, whatever. you know what? eBay is there for you 24 hours a day. <laughs> That's true. Uh, certain highlights included Jessica Chastain being dumped in a lot of fake blood, which we heard about a while back. Mm-hmm. Uh, James McAvoy had had uh, some sensual dreams sensual sensual dreams of pennywise like yeah watch the video on 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 the old internet <laughs> ghostbusters uh yeah he went cross-eyed when yeah. pennywise went down on him <laughs> bill Hader does a very good imitation of andy musietti believe it or not oh, wow. of course he does and all the cast members received little framed photos of their younger selves that's cute which is nice yeah but all the cast members are saying they didn't quite know what to do with them because if strangers came over, they just saw yeah. some anonymous boy or girl like <laughs> staring up at them. Like, who are these people? Who are these people? Yeah. Um, and I, Isaiah Mustafa gave Stephen King Old Spice socks mm. on the set, which is pretty funny because he was the Old Spice guy is, for years is. and years. Yeah. But who cares about all that? Because more importantly, 
the presumed final theatrical trailer dropped. And what better special guest to have on than somebody who we probably pilfered 50% of this podcast from (laughs) over the years. I uh, used to work. He used to write for Entertainment Weekly. He was the, the king, the kingian of of all the kingians out there. Oh yeah, uh, it's a pleasure to have him here, Mr. Bresnikin, Mr. Anthony Bresnikin. Are you still with us? <laughs> I'm still here. Yeah, I'm. I'm happy to have supplied some material. I love this podcast. I'm a big fan of the Losers Club, and it's a a pleasure to be in your ranks for a little while. Well, Thanks for uh, having me down to the Barons. <laughs> yeah. You're always welcome, and you know we, we always try to cite our sources. So hopefully, we did a good job with that over the years as well. <laughs> hey, no, I'm just the, the fact that you liked what I wrote about him and, and were interested uh, and shared it with your your listeners and fans. That means a lot to me. That that that's tremendous. Thank you. You know, a lot of times when we would um, cite other sources, we would get a little jealous about, I can't believe this person was able to get this information, blah, 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 blah. But we, there was never uh, that type of jealousy or envy with you because we always felt that you were a true loser at heart. And there, we were kind of just like, oh, good. At least at least he got king or he got yeah, the information here. Right. You know? Just a craving to connect. Uh, I am I am a, definitely a loser at heart in all senses of the word. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, we can all know, say the you know, same, I believe. Yeah. When I got into this, uh, when I started covering enter- entertainment for the first time, like years and years ago, back in, in the early two thousands, when I was working for the Associated Press, uh, uh, Steve was putting out Rose Red. Do you guys remember that? Oh, uh, oh the miniseries. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn it, I'm gonna. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get a phone interview with Stephen King. Like he is a huge inspiration to me. He made me want to write. He gave me a lot of direction when I was a kid who didn't have any, like I'm going to get a chance to talk to him. And that was the first time that I spoke to him for that. Wow. And like every chance I've gotten since (laughs) to hit him up for a conversation I have. So I'm glad that you sense the enthusiasm. I, uh, I, I, I really do respect his work and I feel really lucky that, uh, you know, I've had uh, had a chance to to talk and pick his brain so much, and I'm really glad you guys have enjoyed that stuff. So it's we're gonna, we're going to try to avoid the Chris Farley show thing of you know what was it like to talk to Stephen <laughs> King, you know, for for as much as you did. We're going to try our best, but inevitably we probably you, you, will fall down that hole. So you can ask me anything. He's <laughs> he's such a nice guy. Like that's the thing is, uh, my kids tease me because I've never met him in person, but they know. That I, like out of all, like when you cover Hollywood and movies, and you meet a lot of really you know interesting, well-known people, and I've met a ton, interviewed a lot of them, and my kids know that he's the person that I like personally admire the most. Like, yeah. and and I've never met him in person, but we've spoken on the phone all these times, and you know, corresponded. And it's it's kind of strange we've <laughs> never met, but I also feel like wow, I've had all this time with him. Like I, uh, I I do feel fortunate, like as a as a fan and as a journalist, to have gotten to. Uh, you know, just sit down. I'm, I'm going to talk to you for an hour about pet cemetery. Is that all right? Sure. <laughs> you know, uh, that, it's been a blast. So, and I'm, you know, I'm no longer writing at EW, unfortunately, but I'm looking to get somewhere else. And they, I, I sure hope they share uh, our enthusiasm for Stephen King. Oh, totally. I mean, and it's not too hard because I think he's gotten, I mean, he's the king of IP right now. I mean, like in terms of Hollywood, I, I just think of, Every studio right now is probably thinking like, well, we need a franchise. Stephen King's has, you know, a mountain of novels. Mm. This, he's, he's just so in demand right now. So you'd, be, oh, yeah. you'd just be such an idiot not to like 
be covering him right now. I mean, he's just, and that's not the reason I'm not to say that's why we're doing it, but because we're a huge, <laughs> like obsessive of, of him. But I just think like, it's even just since it has become this, you know, worldwide blockbuster, I've just seen so many places cover him that previously never did before. Mm-hmm. And it's just because, I mean, he's, he's hot. He's as hot as Marvel right now. I mean, I really do think that. I mean, he's I, his own Marvel cinematic universe. But he, I mean, well, he, I wish God, that would have been something, you know, but, um, I, but it's, it's, I mean, it's not, it's no surprise that out of Comic-Con, like the, you know, the two biggest stories were Marvel and it for the most part. I mean, that's kind of wild. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, just being a Stephen King fan for the past 25, 30 years, like, I don't think this has ever, I don't think it's ever been, he's ever been bigger, even over the 80s. No, especially in the the grander scheme of things. No, I don't think so either. Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's dive into the, uh, the trailer, I guess, while we're at it. Anthony, how did you feel about It Chapter One while we have you here? How did I feel like just about the movie in yeah, general? In general. Uh, I thought it, it really captured the book. And uh-huh. that's what I really liked is that I felt like they um, they got that stand by me, the body vibe yeah. that was in the book. And uh, and I think that's the key. It's not just about this uh, terrifying killer clown. He's the big purple flower on the birthday cake. But that um, <laughs> that that uh, that uh, yeah, the big poison is purple <laughs> on the birthday yeah. cake. But that bond between the, the the losers is um, that's what keeps you reading through those what is it a thousand and twenty pages of the uh, original novel like that is so palpable and so true to life. Uh, you think of that line from Stand by Me like you never have uh, what is it you never have friends like you did when you were twelve. Does yeah. anyone? Yeah, it's and, something else. Uh, yeah, it's um. I think that's all over it, mm-hmm. and um, even the, the 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 thing where they come back. As somebody who, you know, I live far from where I, I was raised. I grew up in Pittsburgh and I've lived in Los Angeles now for 20 years. And when you go back to a place after being away for a year, it's one thing. After 10 years, 15 years, man, when all you have is a past somewhere and you have no necessarily present, like you still know people, but there's no, you just haven't been around for a while. It's, you just see ghosts on every street corner. And I thought the movie and uh, and Andy Muschietti really captured that perfectly—the heart and the emotion that keeps people coming back to Stephen King's work, his stories, his books, and reading them again and again. You know, at various ages. Yeah, for me, I, the best part about about the movie was the kids, and yeah, I think it's so hard not just to find like one good child actor, but to find a group. I mean, they did it there. They did it obviously with Stranger Things and. The tie there is obviously Finn Finn Wolfhard too. Oh, I know. I mean, so here we are today, and now he's busting. Now he's busting ghosts. He's, he's <laughs> got know. he's got he's got all the hot IP right now, and he's also a rock star to, to yeah. boot. So he's living Finn probably. I was thinking about the other day actually, because um, I often think about you know uh, young children, thirteen year old boys. <laughs> but no, um, I, I was thinking about Finn Wolfhard because I was. I mean, I've been listening to the Stranger Things three score like nonstop, and I was like, is there? Does anyone have a better life right now than Finn Wolfhard? Like he, he literally is in the hottest TV show. He's going to be in the hottest movie next year for sure. He's, you know, going to be in the hottest movie this fall with mm-hmm. it. I, I mean, it's, it's unreal. Like I, I, I'm jealous of the, of Finn Wolfhard. I, I, I want Finn Wolfhard. Well, he's one of the people that we once again see here in the trailer yeah. for It Chapter 2. So let's dive into It Chapter 2. I don't even know where to begin. I know. I mean, do we want to just break it down beat by beat or do you want to just mention things that stuck out to us positively or negatively? I think mentioning some stuff that stuck out to us. Cause I mean, like unlike yeah. the, the previous trailer, which was really sequential mm-hmm. in what it was actually showing, 
Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, honestly, the first trailer was pretty much like a, an exclusive clip for yeah. the most part, yeah. you know, and obviously they had the the roundabout of scenes that came after um, the, you know, the whole stuff with Bev. But this one was like a more of a collage, I felt. Um, well, yeah, but let's start off with some with some notes. I think uh, we've actually got playing here uh, to, to, to my right. <laughs> I, I think I do love the opening. I believe that's Adrian Mellon, right? Mm-hmm. Floating yeah. down that. Um, and I think they capture that. Quite well. I, I love the idea of the, the, the splashing waves and then receding back. You get closer and closer to Pennywise. He's got those bright, the bright eyes. I think that's a, that might be my favorite part of the trailer, actually. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? For me, I, I really loved uh, actually getting some sort of authority with Mike Hanlon. Um, yeah. And having his narration there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's been my biggest fear is ever since they announced that like, or not announced, but it was rumored that the, you know, he's going to be kind of like a druggy, like yeah. Mike Hanlon. I was a little worried and I was like, Oh wait, what, what are they doing with this character? Like, cause he's one of my favorite characters in the book and to kind of see him have the authority that he does, it just really, it, it captured his old Adele character. And I was a little worried too, because you know, I, I say, I'm like, I'm glad that they cast, relatively unknown but i was also like worried because like helen's role is so pivotal in chapter two Mm. that you really need like you know a really strong actor to be able to capture it and the narration is exactly how i read it you know so i thought that was really strong dan flieger what do you think yeah i was wondering for do you think the opening scene of the movie might be that adrian i I think that's him in the funhouse right well here's the here's the thing that's that's interesting for this is that you have two things that you could possibly do for the Mm. opening of this movie it's going to be stan or it's going to be. The I believe Mellon. we see a, a we do see a shot of somebody's hand over a bathtub yeah. dripping blood. Mm-hmm. So that's right, definitely. and that's what I thought might have linked back to. I, I, yeah, because he gets thrown from the bridge, right? Adrian? No, Adrian no, gets Adrian, thrown from the bridge. Yeah, he's, he he's like an older. I think he's an older. He's a younger twenty something. I believe mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, yeah, Xavier Dolan. So, but the thing that's interesting is that, like in the, in the previous trailer, you definitely saw like the whole like the the thousands of balloons that are under the bridge. Mm-hmm. So they've been teasing a little bits and pieces of this sequence in both trailers, which makes me believe that like this will probably be like the quote unquote scream opening. I would imagine. I think it's going to be, I think it'll be the Adrian Mellon. I think that's going to be the opening. Um, Anthony, what do you, you think? What was your, what stuck out to you the most in this trailer? Well, first I will co- cop to being the source of that, uh, Mike Hanlon, uh, drug situation. That was something Andy Muschietti told me, uh, after the first movie came out that he wanted Mike to have this, uh, issue with drugs that he stays behind in the town. And this is one of the ways he's not just like the tweed jacket wearing librarian that we saw in the TV movie (laughs) uh, that he's, that he pays a cost for stay, you know? And I think we catch a glimpse of, of that. Like, but I also think it it got um, picked up and, and, and extrapolated from that. He was some sort of like, that he was just like some, like a junkie, you know, the street and that's not the case either. But we see him uh, in the uh, oh, what's the uh, uh, the term like the little tent, like the smoke? What is it? The smokehouse? No. Oh, where? Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. That's something from the book that was not in the miniseries. Yeah. They do the uh, the smoke. Oh God, what is well, it called? Well, it's like a combination. It's of, like the clubhouse, and they smoke themselves. They the, do like hallucinations. Like the, 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 yeah. So the there's that. Spot. No, no, the black no, spot. I think it's just a smoke hole. The smoke hole. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Smoke hole, yeah. Um, uh, but there, uh, you know, he's he's kind of tripping out there, and he uses these drugs as a way of uh, of like expanding his mind and and, and connecting with this, uh, like basically having visions of Pennywise. And I think we see him there, kind of laughing hysterically, and the camera pulsing, 
uh, really weird visual effect, uh, not a digital effect, but just, I think like an in-camera effect Hmm. that, um, that I think is very destabilizing. I, um, I have to say the parts, (laughs) can I, I hate to be like a, like a name dropper, but the part that I really loved was seeing the stuff I, I saw in person. Well, let's talk about Uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. I was on set. So, you know, there's that scene of the losers standing outside the house and looking up at the house on Niebold street yes. at night and they're all clean. And then there's the shot of, uh, of, uh, uh, Richie getting held, uh, you know, he's screaming at, yeah. and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Mike is holding him and Mike and Ben, I think are the ones holding him back. Like I watched those scenes be shot and they were shot on the same day, even though they look very different. They were using, um, uh, a similar location. I don't want to say too much to give it away, but, oh, yeah, uh, don't, don't. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it was cool seeing that because, uh, Hader gives such a powerful performance. Like he, I always think there's something interesting about comedians who take on drama, uh, take on a dramatic role. Uh, and it, it can be really interesting. And there's a lot of, uh, uh, a lot that comes out of an actor that you maybe never even expected. And he, in that scene, and um, it's not just the three of them, there are other people around them too. It's really powerful. And he, uh, and he really went for it. And uh, I think this is a story I can share without betraying anything. There were a lot of looky loos. Like there were, I was kind of surprised uh, having covered like Marvel and Star Wars that there, you know, there's usually like security that keeps people very far away. Mm-hmm. And this, there were people kind of like from the neighborhood just hanging out like off camera watching wow. and like a bunch of kids. And like Bill went down to apologize and sign autographs. Cause in one of the takes, he really went for it. and was like cursing and yelling. And he was like, <laughs> sorry kids, you learned some new language. But, um, but him, uh, his performance there is really something. And then, uh, uh, Jessica Chastain too, just, uh, you don't get any dialogue from that scene, but she has some really great lines in that moment. They're standing in front of that house. And, uh, and I guess this isn't too much of a spoiler. Bill is standing in, in front of them mm-hmm. and, um, and they're talking about who's going to go, who's going to go in, who's going to go after, uh, Pennywise, who's going to go down the well and who should stay basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's great. It's the kind of conversation only friends could have who really love each other. And, uh, they get angry at each other in the way only people who really care about each other can. <laughs> so yeah, I, I've thought about that too, because granted you, you, you had a lot of unknowns playing the chil- the children's roles in the original. And while you do have, uh, you know, half these people are, are recognizable as hell. Mm-hmm. So you would even say superstars in some case. Yeah. It's still hard to capture chemistry, so you can only hope that they're able to do it. But it sounds like uh, it, the scene that you saw, Anthony, it sounds like it went pretty well. Yeah, it was ex- it was extraordinary. I mean, it's uh, you, you want to watch something that has a lot of energy and intensity to it, and these guys at, at this moment really had that. And then there were some uh, some effects shots again, like practical effects involving the house hmm. that are really in- really surprisingly intense. Wow. Like I, uh, uh, at one point I was like, Oh my God, did they just kill James McAvoy in front of me? Like, <laughs> with a great okay. twist, with a great twist. <laughs> Mel, uh, I gotta get to Mel here too, though. Mel, what did you make of, the, of the latest trailer? Anything stand out to you specifically? 
Yeah, well, if we're jumping around, I'm really yeah. interested in how cosmic the film is going to get. And I think we saw some shots that hint that it might get pretty cosmic. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, yeah, Watson's into it. Watson, um, we're all Watson's... barking about that. We're all into it. There is some – I'm especially interested in the shots of them standing in, like, what seems to be, like, some kind of organic ruin. Yeah. Or, like, there's some spiky stuff coming out of the ground. Um, there's that shot of, I think, Bill, like, flying through the air for a split second. Yes, um, yes. I'm, and I'm, I think we're all on the same page here. Is that part of the ritual? The ritual. ritual. Are we well, – Anthony, let, let me ask you a question. When, oh, you were on, when you were on set, did you see, like, a, a million-pound fake turtle? <laughs> No, I didn't see that. Uh, I did see that. I did see that thing that they're standing around in. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. All right. That's that's part of a really massive underground set. I don't know how much you do want me to say. I I I know how much I can say. I, I and also, say. one of the big bummers, if I could just vent for a moment. Yeah, was please, like, please, please. I didn't please get do. to write. I did get to write this story. You mm. know, I had to. I got the you know laid off by EW and. Um, uh, I was, this was going to be my last story and it was the Comic-Con cover issue. I was really bummed. They just sort of took my notes, but there's a whole lot that I didn't get to share in, uh, the entertainment weekly story or that the person who took the notes didn't share. But like, this is one of them. Like, I don't want to, it's one of those tricky things where you don't want to give away too much, but you mentioned Mel, the, the cosmic side and you want to know how cosmic it's going to get. It's going to get kind of cosmic. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) And I think they're, but I think they're also well aware of the things that people didn't like about the novel, and mm-hmm. and how, and they're going to try to to pull it back and make it and make it work. Um, whether they will or not, we've got to see. But um, yeah, the some of the stuff that's in the book that 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 really goes into um, this sort of uh, ethereal plane and. Uh, uh, creature from another world kind of thing is uh, that's going to be legit. I think oh they're going to go. Nice. That's so <laughs> awesome. I, I've been I waiting for say, this for years. Yes. <laughs> I really like what you said, Anthony, about Mike maybe experiencing visions later in life and, or using the smoke hole maybe as an adult. It seems like that is a smart cinematic choice as opposed to like, here's Mike doing research and how do we convey what he's learning about everything that happened? So well, I'm, I'm starting to trust the choices that are being made. Yeah, it's going to work. I, I, everything I saw about the Mike character, it, he is a very important figure there and awesome. in the story. He's not a, like, you know, a side character. He, he, He's the lighthouse keeper, right? He stayed behind. And there's really, uh, gosh, I think I can share this too. Like I I said, he's not a junkie living on the street, but in a way he's kind of homeless. Like he, he, he lives within the library, almost like a phantom of the opera kind of thing. (laughs) And like, he's, he spends so much time there and he's, his whole life is wrapped up in, chronicling it understanding it and uh and he he kind of inhabits this uh this loft above the library and he has all his materials there i I, i'm not sure he may have like a actual home somewhere else but it's almost like his lonely clubhouse and um Hmm. it was cool as hell i walked through that whole set and um i was I was like, on, on one hand, I really want to get out of here because this is super weird. But on the other, like how fascinating for this character, he and Pennywise 
really are aligned in that for 27 years, they both kind of go underground, right? Oh, they both, God, that's put, awesome. they both put their lives on hold and, uh, and, uh, and, and sort of hibernate, right? Yeah. It, it so sounds like, yeah, it sounds like they're just both preparing for that next battle that they both know is coming. Mm-hmm. And like to Mel's point about, you know, Mike maybe changing him from a drug addict to more of like a spirit warrior, you know, whether he's doing like Ayahuasca, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, having these vision quests that can also kind of key in the audience who hasn't read the books about the more, you know, elaborate kind of, yeah, to let us in just like the mythology about, you know, the turtle and all that, everything. Um, yeah, that's a really interesting choice too. And it makes him, you know, you don't pity him as much as you just kind of feel like, all right, he, he, he knows yeah. what's going on and he's, but he's ready to be this hero, but he's putting himself at risk. You yeah, know, definitely. Just, yeah. You can't uh, do that without going a little bit crazy. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like the isolation alone of being the only one who remembers all that. I mean, I really hope they are doing this in part because I, I do think he got short shrift in the first film mm-hmm. and I hope that he is a major, major part of the second one. It sounds like he is. <laughs> He seems to be a, a much more included in the gang and the losers at night, at least in the trailer. From what I could see, there was always six of them because obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do we, we think all, we he'll get left in the hospital? <laughs> no, I, I, I have a feeling he's not going to be left in the hospital, but Anthony might have more information there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. That, I might not. I probably shouldn't say. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Surprises there. You've been very generous. You, it's one of those situations where it's like, I really, really want to know, but at the same time, I don't want to know. There's because some things I want to have revealed, you know, it, it is crazy to think that it, we're only really like five or six weeks away. September we'll probably get September a screening 6th. of this a week Dude, ahead. So we, yeah, we can pull a mic and do some DMT over the library here in Chicago. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm willing to camp Fast out. Fast forward right to the premiere. Yeah. Harold yeah. Washington library. Let's go downtown, hang out. Yeah. That'd be fun. Um, I actually do love that they're keeping the library though, because that could have been yeah. something they easily got rid of. Like, go, like, it's a oh, digital library, Dairy um, digital library or something like that <laughs> yeah. on the overdrive he's app. Just, he's just editing Wikipedia entries on Dairy's history. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I think I, I thought about it and I looked at, I wanted to look at something in the trailer again. And you know, that scene where they're out in front of the house, Mike's with them. Yeah. So he's got the wounded arm. He's not. He's not staying at the hospital. Yeah, because so. right. such a. Wait- I mean, it would be like the ending of Major League Two, um, and that's the when last James time Gammon I- is in the hospital. Yes, and like you're like, why are we keep? <laughs> why do we keep panning back to this scene? Like, you're like, I know he's you know he's a big part of the team, but I just don't don't think we need that for it. Like, it would just be boring as hell to be like, well, he's in the hospital, and maybe we'll cut back to him occasionally. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I understand where where it goes in the book, but I also think it's kind of weak that he doesn't get to take place. You know, yeah. get to take I part agree. Yeah. Thing. You know who else is in the hospital? Randall's favorite. Oh, Bowers, right? Yeah. He, he's convinced that that's Bowers watching that balloon. Oh, it is. Are, it are, has to be. Are we convinced? Okay. I'm convinced. Yeah. yeah. I think it is. No, that's. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Can I, can I mention one part that was the scariest part of the trailer for me was when uh, Skarsgård was looking wall-eyed, which is the opposite of cross-eyed. That yeah. shot at the end of his more human looking yeah. face with the blood and the eyes just going in two different directions. Yeah. Is, I wonder, is that because I think in the first script, there was a deleted scene of his kind of origin. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's what that is or if he's pretending to be somebody else or well, what's happening. A lot of historical for some reason. Yeah. Maybe it's right? just like the sepia tone of, of whatever. Yeah. So that is. I would not be surprised if they're trying to reincorporate that. That, was, that of course was not in the, the, the Doberman script I read. It was in the Fukunawa uh, script i read but who knows what they're planning on doing there well i mean if you think about it 
I mean, one of the biggest concerns going into this movie was, well, how much source material are we really going to be able to use and have? Because the adult portion of the book is, I mean, there's a lot of the adult portion in the book, but compared to like the children's stuff, I mean, it's a substantial amount with the children. So like going into like splitting it from kids to adults, I feel like maybe they needed a little bit more padding, but I don't know how, I mean, we haven't found a runtime for this yet, right? I mean, it hasn't been reported, so I imagine that, I think it's a Dr. Shivago length of 205 (laughs) minutes, I think it is, if we can get the effect. Is that official? Yeah, but I could see them adding that type of stuff, because, I mean, I'm not the one that, I I don't really want a lot of backstory to Pennywise. I think he's actually far more frightening when you don't have a lot of backstory, and you kind of have, like, like, I love in the book where all you do know is, like, that he's popped up in history occasionally, and you see, like, little bits of artifacts of them in there, and they get that. Well, he has infinite backstory. You can just pick and choose. And that's what I love yeah. about it, you know? But, like, the thing that I the thing that I, I, I do worry about is if they, if there's, like, a little bit too much of, a, like, specificity with it. Mm. And, like, with the first trailer, I do – the one of the more intriguing moments was, like, seeing Bev see the photo, um, you know, in the Kirsch house with, you know, with his portrait and then also aligning what she saw in that photo – with obviously the the, the scrapbook ex- well the scrapbook then also you know scar guard without the makeup oh yeah yeah which is what we see an extension of in this trailer um so i do wonder if there is going to be some sort of like an extended backstory well something i, I want to talk know. about and anthony you might be able to shed some light is the biggest scene that really stuck out that is definitely not in the book or anything is bill at the carnival yeah going through the the mm, house the, yeah. the, the hall of mirrors do you, do you know anything about that sequence, Anthony? Uh, I have to admit, and I'm not playing coy here, I don't know too much about that sequence. Okay, yeah. uh, oh, come on. Just uh, <laughs> yeah, I was wondering too, like, was that from the book? And couldn't remember it and couldn't find anything in the book that actually corresponded to that. I think there mm-hmm. may be a little bit of your padding because you're right uh, about the fact that the adults in the novel really are more of a framing device, right? Like an extended framing device for mm-hmm. the story of the kids. And uh, you don't really find out what's happening in the adult world until it happens in the kid world. And those two stories are told in in parallel, in tandem. So um, I'm not really sure what that who that kid is. Uh, but I like Pennywise sticking his tongue against the glass. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's adorable. It's like really a, spooky. It's like it seems the, like a good uh, Snapchat yeah. filter. The dog. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. If if he ends up killing that child right in front of Bill, that could be a pretty disturbing sequence. Well, what I love about that that uh, sequence is something that we found out from one of our friends on uh, Instagram. So um, the guy who runs Discover Dairy Maine on Instagram uh, has been you know putting out a ton of set photos yeah. out there, um, and he. <laughs> He he did a screen capture of Bill running down the, the carnival alley, and you could see he took a screenshot of himself wearing a white shirt and a hat. And he said that he knew exactly when they were going to do the running of the sequences, so he ran, he walked out in, in the way so that he could get into the shot. So he has his own screenshot in there. So he's in the movie, which is hilarious. That's pretty great. So I, I love that he was able to do that in there. The the, the the carnival sequence is interesting to me because you know obviously Adrian Mellon is at the carnival, um, yeah. you know, somewhere yeah. in the beginning. So they're going to be tying it into that. Um, but it makes me wonder like this, this is not going to be the climax. So is it going to be something that maybe here's something like, I thought middle? about? Like at first, when I first saw the trailer, I thought maybe, you know, they all go on the quote unquote, their own walking tour in the yeah. book. I thought maybe that's what was going on here, but it takes place at night and all mm-hmm. of that took place during the day. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know what to yeah, make of this. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be maybe a possible like dream sequence and maybe a little bit of an homage to the Tim Curry version of it. Mm. Just because some of the visuals kind of recall that. And yeah. the physics don't seem to make a lot of sense. So I can see someone waking up startled and being like, oh. Yeah, another twenty-seven years since that <laughs> clown. Time to start the day. And he's in the he's in the motel, and he gets like a text message from he Bev, like, "Hey, come on down." Has a big circle around the date. Yeah, wow, twenty-seven. <laughs> uh, my my thing that, that we haven't really seen yet in the trailers is my favorite scene with the adults is it takes place in that motel or not the motel, the hotel sequence. Mm-hmm. You know when Tom comes back and everything else, and I because Tom is in this movie mm-hmm. as we talked about. Yeah. yeah. So, so is Audra, right? She's been yeah. cast. Yeah, Audra's uh-huh. been cast too. Mm-hmm. So, and I and I believe that based on what we got from the cover story um, that you wrote, is that so? He's not in UK. Bill is going to be. Yeah, Bill's in Los Angeles. I think. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's a different part. I, I yeah. we read that. Yeah, which technically Richie's supposed to be in Los Angeles. He might also be there hanging out. You know, Who knows? it'd be cool if they went. You know, they went to like uh, what is it, Michael's in Los Angeles? Was that, I've that never cool been to LA. <laughs> That cool restaurant there, or they went to Alcove together. That, I, I like can't, that place. I can't speak um, for that anyway, bit. Um, <laughs> that piece of business. I guess it'd be even creepier if they lived in the same place and maybe even saw each other from time to time, but didn't quite register yeah. who the other one was oh until they were reunited. It'd be great if they have a scene where they're like in a movie theater together, like at ArcLight, you know, <laughs> off of like Sunrise and uh, or on Sunset. This seems like and, the Californian sketch from SNL. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you go off <laughs> no. the highway, El Paraiso. And, no, but they're like watching a movie and like Richie's making funny voices and Bill's just like, who's that asshole making these fucking voices in there? You know, it's just like, um, but yeah, I, for me, this definitely amped up my excitement yeah. uh, even more, which I think these, the two promotional uh, trailers that we've gotten for this has just been fantastic i mean far more impressive than i think we even got for the first one um and i thought the first trailers were for the first film were pretty impressive Um, and the fact that they held back this long mm -hmm. because i feel like we saw so much in that first trailer in february or march of that year and now it's the end of july before we really get a a good look at this thing yeah at at, at it as it it were any final oh yeah good i was just saying final thoughts Final thought, a change that I also enjoyed is, you know, when we get Pennywise's voiceover about missing them and craving them, mm. um, the book is kind of Pennywise always telling them to turn back, right? Like he doesn't really want them there, despite the fact that he does acknowledge their connection. I think it's scarier to have him be like, yeah, like, let's do this. Um, yeah. And that I've, I've been thinking about you for 27 years. I think the stakes seem a little higher. Um, one of the things that, uh, I got out of Bill Skarsgård when I interviewed him, um, after the movie had come out, it was weird. I, I did, we did like this first look for, uh, for Pennywise, uh, because they were, they were concerned like about him being shot in paparazzi images and, you know, studios don't like to get, see that as the f- audience's first introduction to a, a character like this. Yeah. So they had this cool, beautiful, like shadowy shot and I got to talk to Bill and he hadn't yet he had done the makeup and created that. Obviously he'd been cast, but he hadn't started shooting yet. And like, we did this whole interview about the character before he began. And then I caught up with him after. And it was so funny to hear his different perspective on, on Pennywise, like before playing him and then after being in that skin Mm. and how creeped out he was. Like he was, you mentioned like the sensual dreams. Like this dude was having actual nightmares uh, after he went home to his parents' house after finishing uh, work on it and like dreaming about Pennywise and this character was just like haunting him. And then he said, you know, I'm really interested in the next movie because that final thing he says when he falls into the well is fear. Mm-hmm. And 
what like it's not really explained what he means when he says that, but Bill's take on it was that Pennywise for the first time is experiencing fear. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I know what this tastes like when I feed off of it, mm. but now I'm actually experiencing it. Like now I'm actually afraid of you guys. So I do also like the idea that he would feel that way, that he'd be knocked down and defeated and, and uh, his cycle cut short. But then all these years later, instead of being gun shy, he's like, all right, let's come, come on back. It's, oh. uh, it's going to be, uh, I'm going to take you out now. Like there's, there's not just uh, sort of the delight in tormenting people, but a now actual like rage behind it. That's a really interesting perspective on that. Mm-hmm. It's like a connoisseur of steak. I don't know, biting his own arm and realizing how good it tastes. Mm. And then, just, mm-hmm. you know, it's like right. this time when I come around, I'm going to appreciate this so much more. Like it just makes him that mm-hmm. much more hungry and angry and. And amped up. And yeah, exactly. Oh, and he had that's got so a cool. taste of his own medicine and he was like, let's do that again. Well, that, and that's the thing I'm like really looking forward to with this sequel is that, you know, when we reviewed the first one in 2017, uh, which feels like 30 years ago for me, yeah, um, really I, I, I really, we stress like, well, you know, a lot of stuff happens. The stakes aren't really there for the kids, but I think this is the one where you actually do get to see him like be like incredibly malicious and like just in, a really intense villain um, because yeah. like so much of, you know, so much of the kid stuff is posturing. Like, it's just like, Oh, how much, you know, look at me, I'm creepy, you know? And like, that's, that's eerie because there's all a lot of the, especially like a lot of the long distance type of horror, peripheral horror, if you will. Um, but now it's like, you know, all bets it's are personal. Off. Yeah. It's personal. <laughs> like Jaws <laughs> revenge. Like exactly. My final takeaway is I'm actually much more excited Actually, after talking to you, Anthony, because, you know, there's still a lot to be unraveled here, obviously, mm-hmm. but you're getting me a little more excited about the possibility of there being this ethereal, otherworldly aspect to the to the climax. Mm-hmm. So I heard there's a little bit of a devil behind that. Uh huh. So mm-hmm. anyway, we're just like, yes, yes, sure. Sure. There is. Yes, yeah, sure. Um, He's just amped because that Mr. Rogers trailer came out today. <laughs> hey, Tom, Tom Hanks is is America's sweetheart. Oh, as we I'm got concerned. a Losers Club ex- uh, special yeah. for you. We're going to be breaking down that trailer also. Anthony, oh, right. you got to give us ten seconds. Stick 10 around seconds. with us, Anthony. We got yeah. We're going to talk. <laughs> How about do you feel about that trailer with Tom Hanks? <laughs> oh yeah, I love Mr. It. Rogers and Stephen King. Those are my uh, it's my bread and butter, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah, I love Lord. I love the first thing people said when the the um the Rogers trailer dropped was uh, yeah Hanks looks a little uh, you know heavy for this. It's like Jesus what? Christ. They said that. Yeah, people are people that? are complaining about his weight. Um, on well, Rogers weighed one hundred and forty three, I believe. Anthony can confirm because <laughs> I love no, because <laughs> I love you is Anthony's, I love yeah. you is one four three, and he always made his goal weight to be one four three. Yeah. That's oh. right. I remember that from the the documentary is outstanding. By the way, wait, wait, is that a real thing? You weren't making a, a, a no, joke I'm not right Because I haven't seen what you be my Anthony. Can you please oh, confirm geez. here for the uh, non-believers? I confirm that. Yeah, he kept his weight at exactly that. Wow. And, uh, I mean, he was a slight guy. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was a, he was not super short, but he was a skinny little guy. And, um, but he was also a really heavy kid mm. and people made fun of him for that. Mm-hmm. So he was a little maybe obsessive about staying lean. Yeah. That's how I could. Well, for any of our listeners out there, if you have not seen the documentary, I highly advise you do so. It really is quite, uh, quite moving. I can't believe we started genuinely talking about, <laughs> We we said <laughs> from Pennywise to Mr. Rogers effortlessly. Well, they all have to do with children. To be fair, they all have to do with children. 
Um, Won't you be my Dandelo? Anthony, it's been an absolute pleasure. We are going to have you back as often as we possibly can. And again, we really loved your Entertainment Weekly features, but can't wait to see what you do next. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I hope to be back on the ride soon and uh, 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 contributing some more Stephen King coverage to the universe. <laughs> and uh, in the meantime, anytime you want me back, I would love to join you. This, was, this has been so much fun. Absolutely. And, uh, uh, you know, you visit a set like that and it's like, man, I can't wait to write about it. Then you don't get to. But I got to talk about it with you and this was just as fun. So thank you very much. Awesome. Thanks so much. All the best. All the best. All right, you guys take care. You too. Watch your backs. <laughs> you too. <laughs> we need to finish it. For good. I've seen all of us die. It consumes us from the inside until we don't have a choice anymore. You lied. And I died. Well, once again, we have to thank Anthony Bresnikan. Um, we've been we've been following for years, as we told him. We really wish him all the best. He, and he was a, he seemed like a great guy, great guy to have on the to have on the call with us. He fit right in, um, as you said, as natural um, a loser as you as you can get with us. I should which get is him nice. on a book episode. You know? He'd be great to have on. Yeah, absolutely, I, I like that he he's willing to push the spoilers to the brink, but not cross over too. Which yeah, is just like that's yeah. He, he even person. he knew when to stop. He knows yeah. his yeah. limits, and yeah. that's the kind of person you want kind of like guarding the edge sort of gatekeeping culture. Yeah. And, and as we told him, we'll definitely be having him back a lot in the future, hopefully the near future, because we've got a lot of content coming up. Sure. Speaking of content coming up, the questions we get from our listeners get better and better every time we ask. They get a little more imaginative, a little outside the box. And next week's episode of Bag of Bones is no exception. And we're looking for, I'm not sure who's going to be answering those questions next week, but it'll probably at least, uh, the math adds up. Probably yeah. at least one or two of us. One of us, yeah, one or two, maybe three. You ne- maybe even four. Maybe seven. Oh, no, oh we'll go God. back. To Could you imagine days. that if we were all on the episode together? Uh, uh, well, listen. To. As we have always said, sometimes these episodes can be quite the endurance test because even though we all think that we're very funny, sometimes people don't agree. It's <laughs> <Yeah, that's> true. <laughs> but we do want to thank all of our listeners. Please go out there once again, share our podcast with all of your fellow friends out there who love Stephen King, who love just having a good time and kind of unplugging from the world for a couple hours a week, sometimes even three hours a week if you're lucky. Um, but until then, long, long days, days and, and pleasant, pleasant nights. nights. I got Consequence Podcast Network.